Give me a cool guy word. Uh, um, a. That's pretty cool. What the fuck's going on down there? Hi everyone, welcome to WKFTFW episode 409, recorded on May 28, 2016. Uh, hi Seth. Hey, I'll, I'll be there, I'll be there in a minute. Uh, oh, okay. okay. I gotta hold this door. You're holding the door? Yeah, I gotta hold the, the door. Alright man, you keep... I have to hold, I have to hold the door. You keep holding the door, alright? I have to hold the door. You have to hold the door, Seth. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Okay, I'm back. Hi, Seth. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's, not, it's not too bad. It's too bad. I had to hold the door. You had to hold the door. 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 What? That door got held, man. Hard. Man, let me tell you, if you ever want to not have to actually watch a show but still learn a whole lot about a show, be on Twitter. <laughs> uh that was that was a tough one man the man it's got a little misty so i so i heard from a lot of a lot of people i made my little offhand remark i got a whole bunch of replies yeah i think i dm'd you about it yep <laughs> <laughs> and then you didn't answer because you're like whatever dork <laughs> I, I i wasn't about to go like yeah well maybe maybe your your show is stupid yeah, well, it's going to be at least a week after, and without being explicit, we're talking about Game of Thrones. And so, deaths in that show have never really bothered me. Like, I've looked at some of them like, oh, man, I'm going to miss that character. But, like, this one actually was kind of like, oh, my God, like, emotions and stuff. I, like, emotions. I've felt those to TV shows before. I know what you're talking about. They had all the feels. <laughs> Tons of them. I want to know where that came from. Like, the feels. god-awful jack-and-ape millennial. Well, I don't, I don't... Probably on 4chan. Because <laughs> that's where they all are. I, that's, where, that's where they come from. That's the, I, I, I've seen it take hold in a way where I want to know the history of the word. Because it's fascinating how it just entered lexicons and like it immediately not just it didn't just jump into regular conversation. It hopped the next river over as well and also became uncool for another crowd. And like it's, it's a fascinating speedy journey that the phrase the feels went through. I believe Bay uh, went at a similar speed and I would like to know. Oh, that one's even worse. I'd like to know where they came from and who they are. Seth, we are also here to talk today about Transformers. I, I can send you the Know Your Meme article about it. Did you know that... If you want to study up on it later. I, I, I guess I could go look that up. <laughs> Something I did is on Know Your Meme, and that's freaking me out. What? Yeah. I didn't know you were famous. I'm not famous, just a thing I did. Oh. That's the thing about Know Your Meme, right? It's more about the thing than the person. At least that's how it was back in my day. Back when memes counted. So what did you do? Like get on know your meme. It was it was a thing from back in like 09 or twenty ten. It was a joke 
about an SH Fig Arts toy who didn't have many good hand accessories. And he was really angry about it. And a lot of people latched onto it. And it ended up on Know Your Meme, if I recall correctly. Huh. Huh? Good for you. True story. Yeah, I know. Good for you. Maybe my walking Freddie Mercury vine will make it. It's going to be like, yeah, five years from now, people are going to be like, yo, you remember walking Freddie Mercury? People <laughs> cosplaying, like doing the walk themselves, slowly leaning forward. Well, what's going to, okay, let's say it goes super viral and it becomes a big deal. Yeah. I won't be the one to benefit from it in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Somebody else will like put it, like do an almost identical thing, put it on YouTube and make like a million dollars in ad revenue. Yep. That's uh, from the from the things I have been learning. That's what you would call evergreen content, which means content that is not time sensitive. Yeah, it's millennial prick is going to steal my material. <laughs> I don't know. By the time that thing makes the rounds, that's going to be the next generation. The two the, the two lennials are going to have gotten that one. The secondials pricks <laughs> made entirely of penises. Those pricks. What? I'm just escalating. Okay. Seth, Transformers. I like I like escalators. Uh, They're like stairs that take no effort. They're awesome. I got a Transformer name for you that's new and fresh and official. Escalator? Loud Pedal. Oh. Yeah, that's a weird name. So this is a, a new masterpiece toy, another Diaclone masterpiece new character, based on the apparently incredibly rare Diaclone Black version of Trax, the Black Corvette Stingray. So this character is called Loud Pedal, who's apparently uh, a sonic something or other, the Destron Sound Sapper. Uh, he's going to come with a repaint of Raul in Raul's other costume. And uh, I think that the blaster he comes with is based on like some other colors, the radio cassette robo colors from its pre-Transformers iteration. Uh, my main thing about Loud Pedal is he's not getting his own number. He's MP25L. Which, which means that I think they're really just having fun now. And L for loud. That's right. Uh, I really want his character to be that. So you know, you know how we've got exhaust, right? He's right. a real character. I want super real. I want loud pedal to be like one of exhaust's most frequent but irritating customers who just buys vape gear off of exhaust. <coughs> and exhaust like really doesn't like it, but this guy spends so much money on on new vape rigs. That exhaust like has to deal with this guy's nonsense conversations. Well, it's too bad his name wasn't Sub Ohm or something like that instead of Loud Pedal. Yeah, or Sick Cloud. Sick Cloud. <laughs> uh, I think he looks cool. Um, there's a apparently quite a conversation going on about the decision to make his windows purple that some people were mad about. Someone's revving engines outside. Oh, someone's like, no, I'm a louder pedal. What are you guys talking about? Oh, it's about? the uh, it's the uh, dill weed that blocked part of our driveway. It made it really hard to get into the garage earlier. He sounds like a pickle. Yeah, he's one of the pricks. One of the. <laughs> Where did this narrative go? He's one of the. I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. I, I had a weird conversation earlier today that I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be uh, vamping too much. Okay. Let's talk more about what? vaping. Uh, Seth, what do you think about? Uh, loud pedal and his purple windows it's cool colors yeah i like um that's just one of my least favorite of the modern masterpieces if not my least favorite mm -hmm. i'm not counting the jets because i haven't got any of the newer jets they're they're still uh, the jet yeah 
Um, but of the cars, of the Autobot cars, um, I was really disappointed with the tracks mold. Mm. Um, but it's cool colors. It's not bad. Yeah, I like the teal like, face. It's if they ever do anything else with it, I wonder what, what crazy colors they're going to come up to paint Raul in next. Yeah. I'm- I'm like, all right, I can't think of any other reason for them to do another color of this. Like, this is even using another new head, like the toy tracks head with the faceplate. Uh, and like, yeah, they're. I think they're kind of out of things because they've done Road Rage and now this guy. But I would love to see like just more weird repaints of Raul, so I could like line them up on my masterpiece shelf. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I'm a Raul completionist. Yeah, I have every Raul. Thank you. Uh, this guy also comes with the flight stand, which Road Rage did not, which I thought was a real bummer. So it's nice that there's going to be like a purple Decepticon version of that out there now. Uh, he's also got stickers if you want to make him look even more like whatever the Diaclone version was. Yeah, I like those stickers, the CS Triangle, but I hate stickers. I like the design, I hate stickers. Yeah, I don't like to just see that tampographed on, because like the, the the flames on the hood are kind of just, to me, that's, that's still such a tracks thing. Yeah. It's really weird to see that on anyone who isn't tracks so i yeah i would have loved to see that just like sprayed on um but yeah the thing i was talking about before apparently the original version of this that it's based on did not have purple windows that's uh that's some artistic license being taken on the the part of takara tomi i think it's great artistic license because i think that pulls that car mode together uh, and it, yeah. it makes it like that plus the decepticon symbols just gives it a little extra spark of life um because I think this was probably the weakest of the, the Autobot cars for me as well. But I also, I, I kind of liked the Trax toy when it was not, like, when it was in robot mode or in car mode. The transformation was a little bit finicky, but the end results I kind of enjoy. So I'm, I haven't picked up Road Rage yet either, but this this and Road Rage are both on my long-term list. Um, and I, I hope that more of these Diaclone characters happen, and I hope they all continue getting just weirder names and characterizations. Like, I want to see the uh, the Diaclone Black Ironhide done up as someone else. Like, just come up with a dumb name for him, like, Fat Metal or something. Fat Metal? Yeah. Autobot Surgeon Fat Metal. P-H-A-T? Yes. Because he's the Black Van, right? Yeah. He's the Fat Van. Um. No, he wouldn't be a surgeon. He'd be like... Like from a Lincoln Park cover band or something. I'll, if he's PHAT metal. So like he's so he's just like blaring when you open the yeah. door? He's like one of those new metal rock rap kind of things. Yeah. So he's kind of got like somewhat decent hip hop going with something that like a riff that belongs somewhere else. That's the way I've always taken a lot of that stuff. Yeah, he's like a white guy with dreadlocks in a metal band. But who's his guitarist? Because that's the that's the part of those bands I always like is when they hit their riffs. Yeah, the guitarist is probably painted like a clown or something. Yeah, has <laughs> some weird makeup, like the dude from Limp Biscuit. And he's just riding in the back of the truck the whole time. Yeah. By the way, I, I'm supposed to ask you if we uh, if you oh. got any more thought put into. <laughs> Uh, you're supposed to ask me into your masterpiece that you're working oh. on uh yeah that's kind of has to do with what we got oh 
All right. I'll ask him more. Um, yeah, Loud Pedal is going to be uh, out at Tokyo Toy Show. So this might be more difficult to get, although not that much more difficult, really. Uh, it's going to be 8,500 yen. So uh, if you're out to get him, I'm sure all the retailers will uh, have him. Uh, Seth, let's talk about some new... Everyone's out to get him. Everyone's out to get the Loud Pedal. Yeah, so, oh, the little gun that sticks out the front of his bumper, that could be, like, his vape. Yeah, that's just, you have him hold it. Rig. You have him hold it up to his face yeah. every now and then. He's got a face plate as well, which makes it even worse. <sighs> like, he's not actually, he's not even puffing on it. He just holds it up to his face, pushes the button to get vapor to come out, and just lowers it again. And talks about voltages. Yeah. Um, Seems like a real dirtbag. <laughs> That's another toy coming out later. Masterpiece dirt bag. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Seth, what's your new picture pick this week? Um, I forget. Okay, now here it is. Um, <laughs> I remember what it is. So it's kind of a not really a picture. It's kind of a thing that shows you pictures. It's a PSA. Comicsology, the online comic book people, where you could read and buy digital comics. Yeah. Has a subscription service now. So for a, a monthly fee, instead of buying your comic books a la carte, uh, it looks like you just have access to pretty much everything. Uh, not like everything, everything. There's a certain number of things you can read and some things you can't. Okay. I got. I had turned on my comicsology when everyone was getting really upset about Captain America the other day. And I was like, I think I might want to investigate why everyone's so upset about Captain America for myself. There were and, there uh, were two a things. A thing popped up saying, hey, you want to just oh, sign up forever? And I, I thought, no. Not right now, anyway. I don't read enough comics. There were two Captain America things that popped off sim- like near simultaneously. And I thought for a while they were the same thing. And I got super confused. But then I got it all straightened out. But, uh... Thanks to Maddie staying in the box of TFW, I've got a little list of, I believe, the Transformers books that you would be able to read if you do this Comicsology Unlimited thing. Uh, they include Last Stand of the Wreckers, a bunch of the movie books, uh, the Transformers vs. G.I. Joe really weird series everyone really likes, the All Spark <laughs> Almanacs, a bunch of classic Transformers books, uh, all the animated Transformers stuff, the Bumblebee four-parter. Uh, Maximum Dinobots, Infestation 2, the Comixology, or the digital exclusive series, Primacy, Monstrosity, and whatever the other one was, Uh, a bunch of the Spotlight books, it looks like the run of Regeneration 1, uh, as well as a bunch of uh, Transformers X-Rid, what was Robots in Disguise, and then sort of just became Transformers. Uh, The Beast Hunters books are in there as well. So there's a decent selection of Transformers in there uh, if you do end up signing up for this, not to mention, you know, whatever else is in here. In in these graphics, because he just looked for the T stuff, he's also got something called Translucid, some book called Tribes the Dog Years, a book called Triple Helix, a comic from 1997 to 98 called Trinity Angels, which looks a whole lot like those kind of comics from that kind of era with like the bright green logo. Reminds me of Evil Ernie. Some book called Trees. And that's all I got. Yeah, so it seems like if you haven't been reading the Transformer comics but wanted to check them out, like for five ninety nine a month, 
American dollars. Um, it seems like you would you could just sign up for a month, give it a try, mm-hmm. and at effectively six dollars, like what that's the cost of like one or two comics by themselves. Yeah, you could really dig in, sample a couple different titles, and if they catch you, then you could. You could probably read through all that in a month or two if you really went for it. Yeah. And then just cancel any time. Yeah. Like, uh, as far as the Transformers stuff, like, the best stuff isn't necessarily in there. Um, I mean, Last Stand is great. Some of X-Read is is, uh, is really good. Some of it is good concepts, just kind of rocky execution. Um, like, there's some stuff in there you should, probably shouldn't bother with. But there's a lot of stuff in there that, is, at least back when it came out, was regarded pretty decently. Uh, I'm a little bummed out that the Ironhide miniseries isn't in there because that's often overlooked and seems like the perfect thing to throw into this kind of system but yeah well i bought last day of the wreckers on comiXology a couple of years ago and read it there now now they, you could have just spent six bucks a couple of years later yeah this this would have been cheaper yeah i would have saved money oh yeah but i bought a bunch of other stuff on there <laughs> how much so. how much would you have saved in order to but but have to then read the book in one month like what five years later yeah uh, well, I mean, it's not like there was any clue that this would have happened. Yeah. It's just if I never had, then it's like, okay, well, this could be an option that would have been cheaper. It's just one of the, the reactions to this kind of service I always find weird is the folks who get a bit grumpy that they did buy the thing years ago and now wouldn't have had to. Because it's like, well, you didn't know back then. Yeah. And Well, I'm just I'm just not buying and reading enough comics on that. I, for myself to really make it seem like six bucks a month is worth it. Yeah. If I read more, then, you know, it'd be something to consider. But as it is, like, when I do get a B on my bonnet, like, oh, I want to see what Batman's up to. Or everyone said this storyline was great, so let me download these specific issues. Um, I would imagine on a longer timeline, I would end up paying more month by this six dollars a month thing um yeah when right now i'm just buying things piecemeal periodically and i'm like i i the comics i buy are just enough to satisfy how much i want to read and a couple years ago comiXology had this like one month where like a, a bajillion issue ones were free to to add to your purchased list like for uh-huh. for life so I have this hundreds of Marvel comic number ones I'll probably never read that are all sitting there able to be read by me if I do end up just like wanting random comics. Um, do you have number one of Sandman? Yep. Or not, was it Sandman or Dream Farter? Dream Farter, I have issue number one of Dream no, Farter. Sandman was a DC comic. Yeah, he was DC Vertigo. As, as, no, they had a... Are you thinking of God, uh, Sleepwalker? Sleepwalker. The weird green yeah. guy with the purple hood? I thought that comic looked stupid when it came out. He was part of a wave of new heroes, and he was the only one I think I didn't read. Because that's when Darkhawk came out as well, and I thought Darkhawk was the coolest. I have a trading card of Darkhawk, and he was a rookie character at the time, and, and Sleepwalker was also a rookie. As was Slapstick, who was another one of my favorite comics that nobody likes. <laughs> um... Well, with Sleepwalker, uh, I remember when it first came out, I was definitely not going to have anything to do with it because the original artist um, was on New Mutants for a long time, and I just didn't like his his art style. Ooh. And it's like, ew, that's that guy that I was glad 
that was replaced by Rob Liefeld on New Mutants. That's his smelly artwork. I'm not going to read that. And then they switched artists after a little while. And so the original guy drew him like really thin and spindly. And then the new guy drew him like the Hulk. (laughs) He was huge. And I was like, man, what happened with this guy? Like, I didn't like that other artist, but the characters seemed to make more sense as a thin spindly guy. Yeah, I I only vaguely remember who the character even was, but I all I, the only artwork I remember of him was the thin spindly version. I don't think I even saw the muscular one. They stopped making the trading cards by then. <laughs> um, but yeah, this comicsology service. If you are a big comics reader, like look into it, see what titles are in there, and if it's worth your while. Um, if you got like a a pad data pad device, those are fantastic to read comics on. Yeah, I like reading comics through Comixology. Like they, they do some cool stuff, uh, not with everything, but with a bunch of stuff. Uh, um, like you could either set it so it displays the whole page, or like a panel by panel. Oh, guided view. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes that guided view will do like some interesting things, like not just bringing up the next image, but like sliding the image around in a in a more interesting way. To, like, reveal something. Yeah. Um, um, so that, that all, as I understand it, that comes down to the publisher. But um, some of the yeah. some of the Transformers stuff, or not, not Transformers necessarily. Transformers have been good with Guided View. But some uh, other IDW stuff I've read and a few digital-only books I've read have done amazing tricks with Guided View. Like, really smart stuff. Like you were saying, like, reveals. Um, or, like, they, they a digital comic I read had, like, set it up so that going through guided view was like revealing layers on a page. So like a guy oh. like appears in a room and avoid them. You push it like the stuff that's in the room with him appears behind him and he like reacts to it. I can't remember what book it was now, but it was interesting. It's really cool. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's one new picture pick as well. Mine is a lot less interesting, but I still want to talk about it because, Oh buddy, don't be so down on your pick pick. It's well, it's just, I just want to talk about it because it has drills in it. Uh, Yuki-san has been tweeting a bunch uh, because they are getting ready to release Unite Warriors Computron. Uh, Computron includes uh, Nosecone, who has a big drill with a 5mm peg on it. So Yuki's been going a little crazy. He's stuck that drill onto uh, Wandering Roller, the Unite Warriors version of Rook. But he also just stuck two more drills onto Nosecone so that he had a three-drill Nosecone. And uh, that made me reply to him on Twitter, and I said... Please sell me a bag of drills. Uh, I wanted to put. And them. he replied, "No sprechenzi inglés." Well, he's replied to some people, but not. It depends. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to. I wanted to, to put the bug in his ear on Twitter, and hope that other people might follow suit. That by showing us this many drills, he's creating a marketplace of people who are ready to just buy drills to stick onto transformers. So please sell us drills. Uh, but it's a really nice looking drill. It's a it's a good looking accessory, and I hope it shows up elsewhere uh, outside of this set if possible, because it fits on a whole lot of things really well. He showed um, one of the new Titans Return toys holding the drill just as a big handheld weapon. It looked great. My microphone picked up an airplane for the first time in quite a while. A lot of these people just are like, hey, they're talking about loud pedals. We can be loud. Bring it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm psyched about really both Computrons, but I'm a little more psyched about the Unite Warriors Computron because of this drill action. 
Seth, are you at all swayed by drills, or are you just waiting to see what happens with Computrons? I haven't been this excited about drills since the time I watched Gurren Logan for the first times. Reference? Drills. Um, no, it looks cool. Uh, I dig. Um, I bet Dr. Wu was hovering around in the shadows right now being like, if you don't make more drills, I can spin up production. Hey, baby. I hear you want some drills. I'm Dr. Wu. I'm basically the drill man. I can make you all the drills you ever want. And I'm like, can you just make me a big bag of drills, Dr. Wu? Of course I can. I'm Dr. Wu. I can make anything. Dr. Wu got what you need. I hear you want some drills, boy. I just, I just want some fresh drills. I'm just looking for drills, Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu's got your drills for you. Step on up. Dr. Wu's been kind of quiet lately, but he recently shared a new yeah. project he's doing. Oh, what's he been up to? He uh, just out of nowhere popped up an image. You know, you remember that Legends Megatron that came out a couple years ago with that little chop shop partner figure? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. He wants to do the original three Insecticons yes. in the style of that tiny chop shop where they all turn into little handheld pistols for larger toys. Oh, like the deluxe Insecticons? No, the original three, like the black and yellow ones. Like Kickback and, and Shrapnel and Bombshell. I think... Isn't Hasbro Takara just like kick back away from doing that themselves? Although that's for legend size ones. This guy, Doctor oh. Wu, wants to do is do them like that teeny tiny chop shop, where they're like, oh, okay, where they're like an inch long and they turn into guns. And I'm like, that's interesting, Doctor Wu. This, these other things I would have thought you'd do first. Doctor Wu, Wu, he likes the bugs. Doctor Wu, do what Doctor Wu do. Do woo do, woo. Anyway, that's my new picture pick. Drills. Uh, Seth. Next up on our list of things to do here is a listener question from a user oh, named yeah. God Damn It. Oh. With an A W and two D's. Well, I guess that's one way to avoid blasphemy. Oh no. Uh, he says, "Hey, Walrus Training Falcons." As a child sure. of the 90s, I mainly grew up with Generation 2 toys, not counting the hand-me-down... Only 90 kids will understand. That's right. Not counting the hand-me-down Galvatron from my cousin. To me, they were the Transformers, despite any deco deviations from their cartoon appearances. Upon returning to the fandom years ago, I was surprised to find that G2 is generally reviled by a majority of the fan base. Why is that? <laughs> Color schemes aside, G2 has some fantastic and groundbreaking molds, some of which still hold up today. I've seen people cite the ridiculous colors as a big reason, but that doesn't seem like a good enough answer. Most of them aren't that bad. Have you seen late G1? Action Masters are crazy color-wise. I just don't get the bad rap the so-called Dark Ages of Transformers gets. Care to shed some light on this? Thanks and other words of encouragement, clonk. So... Your personal taste is not a good enough answer. <laughs> I think that I mean, in my experience, that's what the fandom was like 10 years ago. But nowadays, it's more that everyone likes the kooky stuff and you just sort of have a loud minority of people who don't like it. Well, I haven't really spent much time in the in any threads regarding like these G2 colored Combiner War figures. Yeah, but I can see some millennial pricks um, <laughs> getting getting all 
pickly and stuff about what it. What language did we like... invent today? God, I don't even know what you're saying anymore, but I know it's my fault. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going. Just, pi- just, going just pi- f- pile all the words up. Just pile them up. Yeah, I'm just letting my feels go. <laughs> bay, listen. Wow. Don't, don't be the pickle bay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I can see some people who were too young to uh, to appreciate things that only ninety kids would understand. Ninety year old kids. <laughs> no, like there's all those articles all over the place. It's like only ninety kids will understand, and then it's like like uh, <laughs> references to Hey Arnold or something, and it's like yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say it's gonna be like only ninety kids understand. Don't overfill your bowl. Of cereal with milk, or it'll all go soggy. Only '90s kids figured that out. No, you haven't seen those like I've seen, awful, yeah. like BuzzFeed kind of top ten lists. It's like ten, top ten things only '90 kids will. Yeah, understand. I, I see those because I read all the ones for '80s kids last decade. Yeah, and I went, well, I saw <laughs> I I saw one of those on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, let's see what only '90 kids can get. And I watch it, and like eight of the ten things they listed were things from the 1980s. And I was like, come, come on, man. <laughs> like, Look, it's hard to generate clickbait, okay? Like, you got to respect the crafts the crafts artists on this one. Sometimes I got to quote uh, them. Yeah. So, like, I, I can still see kind of slowly creeping back to the question. I can still see people being, being weird about the G2 color stuff. Like, I'm not that in to the G2 color stuff either, but it doesn't, I just, I just don't buy it. But, uh, but some of the G2 color stuff is great. Like that G2 sideswipe, the, the black and green is awesome. Yeah. And some of the weird colored Dinobots are, are fun. Like they, they just didn't get too crazy with the Dinobots, but just like Grimlock's blue. It's like, all right. And then I think about that blue Grimlock every now and then. And when I first started getting back into Transformers, you could get that blue Grimlock, like minted package for 10, 15 bucks. Yep. Now it's like as much as a G1 Grimlock almost. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the colorful Dinobots were stinking up shelves for a good couple months way back when G2 was new. And I, uh, I, was, a, I was a lousy little G1er when I was a kid. So I, I let those pass real bad. And I've, I've always felt like that was a pretty dumb thing to do. No, I passed on at least five blue Grimlocks that I could have gotten for the fifteen dollars or less, and now I kick myself over it. Yep, that's how you go to bed. Yep. Some people flagellate. Seth self kicks over blue Grimlocks. Yep. Um, exactly. But I—that's why my butt is always sore. I don't. I, I feel bad saying this. I don't think there is a deeper answer to this other than there are people who just don't like the colors. And if there's going to be a deeper answer, it's that some people have trouble accepting that other people don't agree with them. And so that's when people get violent in the threads when they see it. Like I've seen it in a thread before when you know the G two Combiner Wars things are announced. People are like, "All right," and then someone walks the thread going like, "Why are all you colorblind fascists so into this nonsense? I don't understand any of you. So you must all be insane." And that's that's just the human condition of someone realizing that there are people who disagree with them and they're trying to come to terms with that. Uh, there's nothing else really deeper behind it. it in fact, I, like I said, I'm surprised if you're getting that impression because to me it's been like generally everyone loves G2 now because that became the tone over the last couple of years. 
if your findings like you know mass numbers of people who are like this is the dark age of transformers then you just got to go look around a bit more and you'll find other people calling other things the dark age of transformers there are people who call the current era of transformers the dark age of transformers because eventually everyone hates everything yeah and like whatever you grew up with you're you're almost always going to have more a nostalgic feeling for Mm-hmm. Like if you grew up with the crazy G two colors, that's what you're used to. Yeah. Um, and then the '90s were weird with color. Like I was just thinking about it. Like his toys were just super bright greens and all these like day glowy fluorescent colors. Like, like it could be bright green with like purple zigzags all over it, and that's nuts. And like hip hop music was like those colors, like bright crazy loud colors and then rock music was dingy and muted so the 90s swung really hard either way yeah you were either grimy and dirty or or uh, bright and loud and the 90s was when a huge boom in just toys was happening as far as like marketing kids buying them and so like that's smacked together with mcfarlane that's smacked together with trends that kids were into and it's like well if we're making all these batman like we got to make them all different colors or we gotta we gotta update the transformers we gotta make bruticus yellow with purple camo because the kids will love it because color theory right now is crazy and uh you know every era has their own weird things like look at look at a lot of the cinema of the 2000s and start counting how many movies seem to have a color filter put over them that makes them a very dim kind of green and uh, you'd be surprised how many of those there are um well that was just because they were trying to ape the matrix yep well it's that and a lot of them were starting to shoot on digital cameras where that became the easiest way to grade the colors and it created this look that I kind of love the mid two thousands digital look. Everything's green or blue, like an underworld. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, I, like I said, I, I wish I had a deeper answer for you. Um, but a lot of people call a lot of things the Dark Age of Transformers. The, the thing that you're describing in your question just sounds to me like old Transformers internet, which I'm sure there's still chunks of all over the place. But generally, I find people have. People have found new things to fight about, but a lot of the old things people thought about, anyone of any age, a lot, like it feels like a lot of those conversations are generally aging out of the fandom. Like people have stopped fighting as hard, except for like a handful of notable exceptions about some of that stuff. Um, although it's always impressive when you find someone who's still sticking to it. Like if someone pops up who just really hates the Unicron trilogy as though it was still happening now. And you gotta like admire the guns, you know, to to cling on to that, to stay passionately mad about it. I ain't got it myself. Oh. I've tried. I'm like Bruce Banner about that thing, man. About the Unicron trilogy. I'm always mad. That's my secret. <laughs> Whenever Seth needs some passion. Just yeah. just starts thinking about mini cons and cyber keys. Yeah, oh, especially the cyber keys. Those are the worst. <laughs> Stupid. Of all the plug-on things, the cyber keys were uh, the worst. Big stupid disc for jerks. So they were dumb. Moron. They were cyber keys. They were dumb objects. But the other side of that coin is that they made the toys not have to fit giant things on them anymore. 
like the toys would just build a slot around a button. Well, those the Cybertron energy crystal things were way smaller and less obtrusive. They were, they were, but all a lot of those like the Decepticons got out great in Energon Superlink, but. The Autobots were all built around combination gimmicks that, like, some of them were able to pull off real oh, yeah. well, and then some of those them, are, like, the, like, like the two Dinobots. <laughs> well, I mean, those are those are an even weirder example. But like, of of the toys that were designed by the whole team proper, like, it's amazing with those deluxe Autobots and Voyagers how like some of them nail it, and then the ones that don't nail it just miss, and it's like it's so skewed because some combinations look awesome to this day, and then some don't and never did and it's it's fascinating uh seth you know i actually had one other listener question that i think would be best suited to you since i know you have a detolf okay i just got this the other day and we just built a second detolf last weekend oh man this is fresh actually this time last week we were putting it together I got this question like yesterday from Ironhide's Ghost. Ooh, it's fresh. And he said, uh, do you think that Detolf shelves separate you from your collection? Does having that piece of glass between you and your carefully posed figures deter your desire to pick them up and mess with them? Does it change how you appreciate your collection? And I know you use Detolfs a lot more than I do. So I was curious about your perspective on that. I do. Don't you have like ten of them or something? I got two, but I I, I don't keep a lot okay, of transformers well. in them. But although I like, I got an answer to this, but I want to know your answer because you just well, set them up. We have two, but I only use one. The other is my girlfriend puts her stuff in that one that we just built, mm-hmm. and right now she only has stuff on two of the shelves. Her uh, tiki mug collection, which is pretty rad. Um, you should start invading the shelves she's not using. Well, there was a point she was just like, well, you could put your stuff in the other Detolf. I'm like, are you sure? Don't you want it for your stuff? She's like, no, you just put more stuff in. And I started making plans. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do like, okay, instead of two shelves, this one's going to be all Transformers. And I'm going to do this and this and this and the other one. And then she was like, well, I want a couple of the shelves. I'm like, okay, that, I mean, it's fair, it's fair. I mean, it was originally going to be yours, so that's cool. I could, I could work with a couple shelves that put some more stuff out. Then she was just like, I'm just going to put all my stuff in here. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there are empty shelves, Indian you, should, giver. You, should, you should just start putting <laughs> the pressure on and go like, you know, in a couple of days, hey, if you're not using that lower shelf, I got plans for what I could put in that lower shelf if you're not using it. Just well, I'm going to move her transforming Hello Kitty from my Detolf to her Detolf. <laughs> Put it on his own shelf. Yeah, get that Hello <laughs> Kitty out of here. Your Hello Kitty. You got your own shelf. Yeah. Just that tiny little Hello Kitty. Turns into a tiny little truck. Pretty cool toy. Um, yeah, so like the way I'm using mine right now, it's like the top and the bottom um, are primarily masterpieces. Masterpiece Transformers, and then I slipped in a couple third-party dudes. Uh, then I have one shelf that's all Monster Art Godzilla slash Mecha Godzillas, and the the last shelf is just assorted, roughly six-inch scale figures. Yeah, and then eventually I'll I'm gonna rotate the Godzillas out for something else. Um, like I have a twelve-inch Robbie the Robot, and I got that a uh, ten-inch. A robot from Lost in Space, and I was thinking like maybe an assorted 
classic robot shelf would be cool. Like if I ever get around to building that R2D2 and C3PO model kits, like they would they would be part of that. Um but I don't feel separated from them. I think it's it's a cool way to have have them out. They're they're not sealed. Like dust still can get in there, but a lot less than if they were just on like a bookcase shelf. Mm-hmm. So they're a little protected. And and I like when people come over and they go, oh, hey, look at that one. Look at this. Hey, did, did you put anything new in? I'm like, yeah, that one's new. And, oh, wow. Okay, cool. What's this thing? Oh, I'll tell you. And uh, it's been a fun little conversation deal. And so we also found at uh, Ikea when we bought these Detolfs, the, the plastic box that you may have seen in some pictures that the bottom has LEDs along the bottom edge. So it kind of lights from below when you turn it on. Yeah. And they're a smaller dimensions than a level of Detolf. So you can fit one of those on and it's far enough away from the edges. I'm not worried about it being up there. So I kind of turned it into a five level situation. And originally on that top level, I had my Black Label, Darth Vader, and Stormtroopers. And uh, recently I swapped those out for all the uh, Marvel Legends movie-style figures that I have that were relevant to Civil War. Mm-hmm. So I really wish there was a new Winter Soldier because, man, I don't like that. <laughs> Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, it's kind of a crud figure. And uh, I could, I'd be happy with a new Black Widow because I think that body was a little weak that they did. The the face sculpt for Scarlett Johansson is great, but otherwise. Hmm. And then, so the new Captain America, the newest Captain America, the newest uh, um, Iron Man, Black Panther, the big Ant-Man, build a figure, I put all in there. And that was right before a bunch of people were coming over for a little birthday thing we were doing. Hello. And uh, so a lot of the people coming are people who dig those movies. So there was a lot of like, oh, man, look at that. Is how, where's, how do I get this big Ant-Man? And and uh, then I had to break it to him that you have to buy like all these six other figures to get it. And then I was like, oh, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> well, you just tell him like, well, if you want, you can just pay way too much money for someone else's off ebay yeah Yeah, get off ebay and then like my nephew had just seen the movie that morning and i'm like oh did you take him to the theater and he goes no he saw it at the neighbor's house i'm like huh (laughs) and i'm like yeah they just got back from mexico and they bought a dvd of it down there i'm like all right well that's yes that's one way to watch it one very legal way to watch it yep um, yeah, I think because I was thinking about the notion of like, you know, doors on a shelf kind of putting a barrier between you and the notion of just grabbing something and picking it up. No, um, I want that door. I want other people to pause before they reach their ham, grubby ham fisted hands in there and start knocking stuff over. Yeah, there's because there's an aspect of that that like, you know, a detolf or a door on a bookshelf can really offer. Uh, and it's a hard thing to describe unless you've been through it. Like, strangely enough my mom just went through that recently when she had uh, she had a new couch brought in and uh she has like she has a couple of of apple dolls that she really likes 
And when the moving guys brought in this couch, one of them just grabbed an Apple doll that was sitting on a nearby table. It's like, hey, check this out. Any of you guys seen this before? It's Steve Wozniak. And my mom was like, basically like, get yo, it. put. Get it. Yeah, I get it. Apple dolls. I get it. Apple the Woz. Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah, there's Steve Jobs one. Uh, anyway, my mom basically pulled a bit of a collector muscle on him. We're like, yo, put that down. That's mine. <laughs> also, you were just here to deliver a couch. Stop grabbing things. Um, same guy has also reached into an open bowl of nuts. We're like, just going to help myself to some nuts. She threw the nuts out afterwards. She's like, thanks for sticking your grubby couch hand into my bowl of nuts. You Nimrod. Um, you should thank them for not reinforcing the stereotype of Canadians being polite. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then they elbowed each other all the way down the staircase. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but on the other hand, I was thinking about it, and, like, I have had the case where I've had some figures behind a shelf uh, door where I've glanced at them in the same way where, like, hey, I should pick that up and take a look at it. Then I'm going, like, ah, then I have to open the door, and I'm already on my way to my to my desk. I'm going to I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, it's, it's been a way for me to almost put figures out of sight in a way that I kind of trick myself, where I'm like, I know where the figure is. I'm putting them in the detolf. But then, like, the lower level of my left detolf had turned into just this weird miniature storage warehouse. And I was like, wait, there's like nine figures crammed in there. Those, that's not a display anymore. That's just a place where I stuffed things. Uh, and I, I like put them there telling myself, no, they're on display. So I'm not just cramming them in here. I totally was. And then I was like, oh, I have to get at the one at the back. This sucks now. Um, so I think there's some merit to the idea, you know, person to person, that using stuff like, you know, a, a, a door closable display it could end up being a weird barrier to what would have otherwise been naturally picking something up and messing with it um i don't think that that really happens to me very often it's just this i was just thinking about that one time with my detolf but it's it's something that i thought was it was a neat idea i was wondering how other people would react to the question definitely that one's open to listeners as well if you're anyone out there who has a door to display but uh, Seth, like, it sounds like you're making, you're doing the dream, like, f- the full use of, like, this Detolf is a revolving display. Like, theming it almost for people who are coming over to visit sounds perfect. Yeah, at least in that instance. Um, like, there's been a couple times now where I almost rotated out the Godzillas, but then it was like, I'm not sure where, like, the boxes for these guys are, and where am I going to move them to in the time being? Their tails are so long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I just, went, bah, I'll just leave them for now. <laughs> but like that to me is like, that's the ultimate dream is not so much having everything on display, but having like, I got a bunch of stuff like, you know, stored in nice organized boxes and back. But then I have this like show floor in my living room where I can just like swap stuff out all the time. And like yeah. I love I, like what you were describing, like people coming over going like, "Yo, anything new in there?" Like that sounds great. Like a it's a wonderful icebreaker. Yeah, and um, a, a lot of that is predicated on my girlfriend not wanting the house just full of toys. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is where you could put stuff for people to see. Everything else has got to go away. <laughs> um, then I had I don't think I. I think it was after we recorded last. I didn't tell you about the dude with the gigantic toy collection I found here in town, did I? I don't think so. I think you've told me about... Like, that sounds familiar, but not a dude with a gigantic one. I tweeted about it afterwards. So, it was right before this party. I think it was the morning of. Like, we had to run out and get a few extra things. Yeah. 
And so we're driving through the neighborhood and I see a garage sale kind of sign. And it's a garage sale Legos. And they had like drawn the Lego logo. Lego logo. <laughs> um, and my girlfriend, she's more interested in Lego than I am. I'm like, Legos? And she's like, what? Should we check it out? I'm like, well, for just real quick, because we had a lot to do. Um, so we park and we cross the street. And as we're walking up now from the other side of the sign, on the back of the sign, it says garage sale, lots of transformers. And I'm like, eh, it's probably going to be like a couple Tupperware bins of Lego and like a bunch of busted uh, Unicron trilogy missing parts dirty well worn played with because like little billy has gone to college or whatever and the parents are just getting rid of the stuff little billy and, the dillweed pickle millennial vaping yeah <laughs> Cir- Prick. circus acrobat <laughs> so these houses are similar to like where we live where it's four houses with a shared driveway and so like kind of in the back middle of the shared driveway there was a display set up with like dozens of Lego minifigs, like in an upright display. So they're on tiers and then like Tupperware bins full of larger Lego figures. Like I think there was about six Indominus Rexes. Oh, wow. So let that sink in this. These people have bought, at that, least that many of that set. That sounds like people who saw articles about investing in Lego. Well, but they're they were opened. Oh. They bought the bricks. Like the it was no, they weren't selling the sets. It was here's like six loose Indominus Rexes in a bin. Oh. Okay. That okay. I was imagining yeah. like six like box top kind of things. No. Like okay. No, it was just loose Indominus Rexes. And I was just like, wow, huh? And then closer to the garage was like a big... So you know like those like particle... Like not even particle board, but like heavy cardboard sections with all the like the uniformly drilled holes that you could stick like uh, pegs into? I, I'm i thinking a cork board when you're describing that, but that sounds kind of familiar. No, it's it's not cork. It has holes in it. And then, like, a peg, like, for a display that you would hang things on could then stick into the hole. And then once hmm. there's all these holes, you could set them however you need them to be. Um, you probably recognize it if you saw it. Yeah, so, anyways, yeah. it, was a, it was a big that just sort of leaned against the corner of the garage door. Uh, the garage was open, obviously. It's a garage sale. Um, covered in minted box beast war figures okay and a lot of the packages were in pretty bad shape but the figures inside were pristine like the bubbles were never opened but like the the cards had had seen better days and i was like well this is interesting this is very interesting and i'm i'm kind of looking at it i'm like well like this is nothing that i meant like looking for like this was sort of Beast Wars is kind of outside my range. But if I saw something that was particularly awesome, I might have gone for it. Like, the the one thing that I got close to was, like, the Transmetal Air Razor. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I almost... I, I, I thought about that one for a second. 
But then I, I spotted the guy, and I'm like, so this is your sale? He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing anything you like? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, are you paring down a collection, or are you getting out of collecting? He goes, oh, no, I, I go around to local toy shows, and, and I deal. Like, this is a lot of the stuff I'm dealing. This isn't my actual collection. Um, he goes, well, what are you into? Like, what, what Transformers are you into? I'm like, well, mostly, you know, like a masterpiece right now. And, and I, I really like, uh, combiner wars, but like, I'm not like hunting for G1 stuff or anything like that. And he goes, Oh, you want to check out my masterpieces? Like, like, come, like follow me. And part, he had built part of his garage into a little separate room like this kind of long narrow room yeah in inside his garage um all of them <laughs> all of them all the masterpiece figures um plus the knockoff duplicates so he has them all displayed like the originals are all displayed in their robot modes with the knockoffs and their vehicle modes next to them <laughs> All of them. And then also in that room were a few other like kind of expensive odds and ends. Um, some really cool prints hanging on the walls. And then a behind glass enclosed display cabinet like we were just talking about. Not a Detolf, but a, a wider than a Detolf and narrower. Like just long enough, good size for, for a G1 style uh, figures to fit into pretty nice uh, behind glass all closed up like all the diclone like a ridiculous not every single diclone obviously but but a couple dozen diclone figures man and a little display down at the bottom of just like at least 30 loose diclone drivers <laughs> and that was only part of his collection like he had another couple rooms inside the house and a storage shed in the backyard, jam packed with stuff. And now you know where this guy lives. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was like, "Holy smokes!" And uh, like when we were leaving, I was telling my girlfriend, "I'm like, just that that case that I pointed to and said these are like before the Transformers or Transformers the Diclone." She goes, "Yeah." I'm like, there has to be at least at I'm I'm just ballparking because I don't know current prices. I'm like, but that, this has got to be at least twenty thousand dollars worth of toys in there. Yeah, no, like that much. It, that much pre. A lot of them had stuff. boxes. Oh god. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't just the loose figures. It was also a lot of the boxes. And I was just holy mackerel. This this dude's got everything. Um, and. So I'm like, did you ever go around TFW? He goes, yeah, I pop in there now and then, look at the news and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the podcast there. And he goes, oh, really? I've always meant to check it out. So are you like on every show? I'm like, ah, I'm just on the even number show or the odd number shows. I'm just on the even um, number shows. Yeah, I'm on the even. My name's TJ. <laughs> He's like, you sound, <laughs> my voice might sound a little different you when you different listen. In I'm podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a character. This is character <laughs> that I've created. This of this guy that lives in Florida. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's character that I do. I'm kind of I'm very Andy Kaufman-y. Um, <laughs> I also do the voice of a character named Aaron from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I play two hosts. It's kind of a thing yeah. I do. You see, the other host is a trained yeah. improv artist. I'm extremely talented. Yeah, yeah. 
Everybody, don't listen to the odd number shows because the guy on that is a prick. Man, sometimes um, he happens to be entertaining. At least he's not a millennial. He's a Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah. he's not a rock. He's not a dillweed pickle. He's a. Yeah. I, I can't think of any more. I don't even know what we've used. Mostly just that. Yeah, you're right. Well, you added dillweed. I never said dillweed. You said you said dillweed first. Did I check the tape? You're the one, okay, you introduced well, that I'll one. Listen back. I'll listen back in two weeks when you post this <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> you find me the time code. Uh, yeah. So, I was, so then I was just like, we had to go. Like we were on a tight time schedule. Yeah. And I could already like feel the we need to get out of here vibes coming off my girlfriend. Like this is all well and good, but we got to go. Um. So, I didn't really make contacts with the guy but i was like yeah just pop into a thread and like post i don't know who you are and like maybe we can hang out or something he's like yeah sure that'd be cool and then it ran off and i was like maybe i should just like ask him if he was on twitter or something and <laughs> but uh i was gonna ask I, you if you had i a get card. the impression he might do this fairly regularly yeah so maybe i'll just drive by some weekend and be like is he out there walk up and <laughs> Did you listen to the it's podcast been a few yet? weeks, so I'm not just a weirdo that just keeps coming around. <laughs> just go there every day. You listen to the new episode. I'm on the new episode. It's really good. Yeah, it might be cool, like to like get him on or something at some point. Oh yeah, he started dropping knowledge that I was having trouble keeping up with, and I'm like, I know some stuff, but this guy's making me feel dumb. And like half the <laughs> listener, right? Half the listeners right now are going because you are dumb. You suck. Boo, <laughs> boo. You don't even know what a diaclone driver is. Yeah, your mom's a diaclone driver. What does that even mean? I don't know. (laughs) Boo. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that was like crazy. So like this had no idea. And it's just like two blocks away. This dude has this giant collection. So I'm going to stage a heist. I'm going to break into his house. So by the way, don't tune into this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Going in through the garage, grabbing the Diaclones first. I wonder if he's getting that new Diaclone toy that just came out, like the the anniversary die battles or whatever. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Didn't think to ask. Here you have your perfect icebreaker for the next time you show up in his garage. Hey, are you going to get that thing that I forgot that the other guy <laughs> that's probably better said? I don't know. It's like, why are you in my garage at three in the morning? You're three in the morning. <laughs> and also, your mom's you, three in the morning. And your mom's a diaclone driver. Yeah. And a dillweed. Yeah. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> As you leave. Uh, running down the street. Yeah. Just flipping them off as you're running. Um, I forgot how we got there. That came off the listener question about Detolfs. That's how we got there. Yeah, it had to do with display cases. Yeah. And they were in display case behind glass, so I knew not to touch them with my grubby, ham-fisted meat paws. Pork fingers just dripping grease everywhere. It's just wash your hands, man. Just wash them. Uh, hey, let's talk about what we got this week. Okay. It seems real closely tied, in a way, subjectively, to what you were just talking about. Seth, did you get any Transformers this week? I got two Masterpiece Transformers and a Machine Robo. 
let's let's do the machine robo stuff after your masterpiece transformer. Yeah, because that's not a transformer. Yeah, it transforms. It feels a whole lot like the kind of thing we'd call a third party transformer. But it. Why do you have one? I I, I got all three of them. Oh. But the the one that you got is the one that I got that's broken. So I didn't get to play with oh. it very much. Oh. Well, not the head wasn't attached when I got mine. Mine. The head was detached, rolling around in the package. You know that that kind of L-shaped elbow piece with the tab on it. Yes. On mine, the right one was not only installed upside down, but then oh, well, the forearm yeah. was riveted to it backwards. So oh, he boy. he can't transform into a jet unless you just have him. He can turn into a jet that has an arm messily hanging out one side because the arm well, now it's can't. Kind fold of a up. gearwalk mode. Yeah, it's sort of a. Mm. Sort of if someone like if you were if you were flying a Veritech and you were drunk yeah. and you fell asleep and your elbow kind of bumped the Gearwalk pedal. Well, they did stuff in in Macross like Gearwalk. Sometimes the arms were out, sometimes they weren't. Yeah, on this guy, I, I, there there was the time that they just stuck an arm out as the jet was flying yeah, around. Catch Minmay when she's it falling happens. off of the, yeah. the SDF one. How else are you going to catch Minmay? That's right. What with your wits, with your charm? Yeah, yeah. And when you're flying past a bunch of Zentradi battle pods and you just want to flip them off, what are you going to do? Flip them off from the co- cockpit? You're tiny to a Zentradi. They don't even see you in there. you got to stick the whole arm out of your Valkyrie. Your Veritech. Excuse me. Your Veritech. Oh, I'm sorry. Your G1 Robotech Veritech. Yeah, otherwise all they're going to see is the... And flip them the bird. They're only going to see the Robotechnology otherwise. They're not going to see the person yeah. inside, the protoculture driving it. Yeah. They don't see the person inside. I got more. Protoculture was an energy source. Yeah, it was the flowers, yeah. right? It was Zor Prime's yeah. flowers. Well, the flowers, uh, that's what you make the protoculture out of. Right. Because the Invid could sense when they were using protoculture. You got, you got to, so, like, they had to turn their guns off, and then the Invid couldn't find them. You got to juice the protoculture out of the flowers. Yeah. And then use it to fuel your giant transforming jet robot veritex right well i got i got how science works idiot i got i got more to having seen i think one tweet from you i have even more to describe about that particular toy when we get there but let's let's talk about your masterpieces yeah let's stop talking about that thing we're not going to talk about (laughs) that's right protoculture oh yeah so i got two masterpieces that are exactly the same i got two ratchets yes i got two ratchets uh one to be ratchet Right, mm-hmm. uh, and one to eventually uh, be modded into creep out masterpiece creep out masterpiece creep out. All right, so I'm already thinking what I'm gonna do. So Ratchet has windows all down the side, where uh, Ironhide was like a more solid utility van. Mm-hmm. Ratchet's got all them windows. That doesn't seem right. He's got to put little boards up over the windows. Right. So I was thinking like. Do I just want to paint over the windows white or cut out little pieces of cardboard and jam them on the inside of the window? Yeah. And like mix, mismatch the cardboard. So it looks like it's like multiple kinds of cardboard all taped up to the windows. I think that would be creepier. Yeah. Especially if you like dunk the cardboard a bit to moisten it and then let it dry. So it gets that, it gets that thinner kind of crinkly look. Yeah. Yeah. A couple different colors of cardboard like different shades of cardboard brown yeah just jam them in there and then the one like like much brighter white one that's like an orange crate or something yeah 
So Kren on Twitter mm-hmm. had had done the first ever like a rendering of Creep Out. Yeah. She drew me a little birthday picture, which was pretty sweet. I was way into that picture. Yeah. Um I always imagine Creep Out as having some sort of a mustache. So I'm I'm thinking about how I'm going to approach making a mustache for him. Like a little a little one or one of those yeah, big it's curly be ones. Like a, no, it's got to be a dirty mustache. Yeah, a little dirty, like, yeah. you're not quite sure if it's stubble. Yeah, like, he doesn't have a cool handlebar mustache, like he's one of the VOD villains or something. Yeah. Google that if you don't know wrestling. Um, <laughs> but, it would, yeah, it would be like one of those, like, kind of thin, crummy mustaches. Isn't properly trimmed. Yeah, it's got to be gross looking. Yeah. Or I might not. If I can't figure out a way to do it good, I got to do good. And then, you know, Ratchet is the Ironhide mold. Yeah. So all the good stuff we said about that applies. And he, I think he um, looks a little better. I, I took a look at one a couple weeks ago in person for the first time. And, uh, like, the, it's not just the new pelvis parts, but it's also just the color layout makes him look a bit better because there's it flows a bit nicer. Uh-huh. Doesn't doesn't make his pelvis and his hip skirts kind of pop out at you. And yeah, his head sculpt's good too. Mm. Um, like the Ironhide head sculpt never one hundred percent did it for me, but it's all right. Yeah, it's like it's Ironhide, um, obviously. Yeah, I kind of like the Ratchet head sculpt works works a little better. Mm. Um, and the whole thing with like you could descend his light bar. So it fits in MP10's trailer, because if it doesn't fit in MP10's trailer, it's made out of garbage, and you should put it in the garbage can. Yep, just take a hammer to that toy and smash some sense into it. Yeah, put it in the garbage. Ultra Magnus. Ultra Jerk Face. Ultra Prickweed. Yeah. Delennial. That prick. Um, yeah, I don't really know what all else to say. I mean, we talked about Ironhide a lot, yeah. and it's not especially different, so. Um, well, before we go on to the the machines, I got actual Transformer Transformers, too. Transforming Transformers from Transformer Town? Yep, with the brand name and everything. I got a, Ooh, I got a Japanese Takara Tomy Mall exclusive set. Whoa. It's called Grand Galvatron. It's their version of the Cyclonus torso with four very interesting limbs. And uh, I've been in love with the concept ever since it first got revealed some months ago. So this oh, is, yeah. This is, I remember this. This is the first thing. Unite Warriors toy I've actually like gone in on uh, that wasn't the Devastator. And so I got the collector coin with it. It's my very first uh, Hasbro Asia collector coin. They're very large. They're a lot bigger in person than you might think. But Grand Galvatron himself is a beautiful looking piece. The visual delivery is stunning. It's great. Uh, the, the joints on some of these toys are fine. The joints on some of the other toys in the set are not fine, and I need to do some work on them. A whole lot of work. Ghost Starscream is an extremely loose toy from the waist down. Uh, Curse Armada Thrust is a, not as loose, but I'd like to do a little bit work on him. Um, Wandering Roller is great. Cyclonus himself is great. Uh, zombie breakdown seems fine. I might have to do a bit on his hips. 
but like that ghost Starscream, it's not even the clear plastic parts that are loose. It's his hips and his knees, which use opaque plastic. Uh, this is something about them is suffering and I need to go in and fix it. It's not like a new thing to need to tighten up the hips on limb toys from Combiner Wars. Uh, it just sucks when you get it like, you know, a fancy pants set of them and the same problems are still there. It's like a reminder, like, oh, right, these are still the same toys. Um, but visually, they are they are great. Ghost Starscream looks really cool in person. Uh, and I'm very happy with them. I'm going to try putting the perfect effect Bruticus hands and feet on this guy since they're like a similar grade of the torso. And I've seen another, another picture of that and it looked great. So I'm going to give that a shot. But uh, I, I really like this set. It's like a it's like a fantastic BotCon set that maybe was too good for BotCon, and instead went on to live in an online mall. And then maybe an online mall actually isn't that great a thing. I don't know. But I like it a lot. It's uh, it's my big dumb Galvatron combiner. Um, and also the roller figure is covered in silver paint and it's gorgeous. So just visually wonderful stuff on this set. Um. I also yeah, I, I really like the colors for that Cyclonus. Yeah, they they look incredible in person. Like really I'm good. I'm clicking through these pictures and this is this the back of the box or a card that it came with, with everyone hanging out in like a lava pit. Yeah, uh, every Unite this Warrior set has that on the back man. of the instruction book, like a piece of artwork. Yeah, this is a weird piece of art, man. They're, they're all kind of like that. Like there was what was it? Like one of them was the team playing baseball. Another one was them having a barbecue. This one is like. Cyclonus trying like mad to get everyone to pay attention to the plan to save Galvatron and like nobody cares. And uh, Dr. Arkerville's in there on the bottom left as well. Yeah, the wheelchair. He's just Sassin Ghost Starscream. Uh, if you look into the fiction behind this team, it's a really cool backstory for this set. Like it's it's kooky, but like a fun kind of kooky. Um and well worth like at least like try to get a look at one of these in person at a convention or something like you know the box has a magnetic flap you can open the flap look at the vehicle modes inside uh just getting a glimpse at those is like it's so cool it's it's really really well worth anyone's time uh, i think my only real major bummer on it is they did this fantastic job to do this like translucent orange galvatron cannon and then there's nowhere good to put it on the combined mode so, like, Dr. Wu or somebody needs to make me, like, a, a forearm brace for the Starscream arm that I can put the Galvatron cannon onto. Because, like, this toy is crying out for it. Um, Seth, I also got one other thing that's a little more on topic than Machine Robos. Okay. It's more Galvatrons, in fact. More Galvatrons. I got the DX9 Doombringers 3-pack, which is... Uh, they are, they, this is the Warren Pocket series, one of the two major Legend Scale third-party series. Uh, this is a re-release three-pack, uh, of figures that were in two packs before, of their versions of Cyclonus, Scourge, and Galvatron. Except in the Doombringer set, they have all been improved in some way. Uh, Scourge is now blue instead of white for the most part, and comes with his gun. Galvatron has a better improved head sculpt and better build quality in his shoulders. And Cyclonus has uh, been given thigh swivels and uh, a much more secure fastening thing for his nose cone in vehicle mode. So basically, also, this set costs $10 more than any of their usual two-packs. So the value proposition on this set is great. It's three better versions of three really cool 86 movie villain toys. Um, basically don't buy the two pack versions. These are all better and cheaper. So just get the three pack. If you got the two packs like me, well, we all took a bullet on that one. 
suck it up. If you really like those toys, get this three pack instead. Like it's it's very good. Uh, just want to throw that out there on this one, Seth. That's all for my. We should get into what you in, into the machines. If you're ready, I'm always ready, man. Do you so you got a machine? I'm always ready. I got one machine robo. Which one? I wasn't gonna go in on all of them, right? Which which, which one? Eagle Robo. Ah, Eagle, because uh, it's a leader one one, and then I'm gonna get the psycho one. I'm gonna bust Eagle. I already put him back in his box. So I'm gonna bust him out because his robot mode still kind of works. Yeah. So here's my thumbnail impression. Robot mode looks great. Is a little loose, and some of the joints are a little loose. Jet mode looks fantastic. One of the best transforming jets I've ever done seen. They do an amazing job of not just having like a bunch of robot underneath a jet. Uh, getting them from one to the other, I hate. I don't like transforming them. It's kind of bad. Uh, it seemed a lot easier getting them back to robot mode, probably because now I kind of knew where things were supposed to go. Um, I can't stand the instruction book. Instruction book is terrible. <laughs> yeah, the instructions like, were rough. Like, yeah. tiny rough is the problem, I think. Yeah, it's the pictures. So it's, okay, ah, let me back up. So you suspect that this was designed by a third-party toy guy. I have right. had my suspicions. Now I know who designed it going by the credits, and I'm not sh now I'm trying to figure out if that guy works for a third party company. But yeah. Okay. Well, yours is like, okay. So as I was messing with this the first time, I all I could keep thinking was this looks and feels like a third party toy. This is everything about this presentation is screaming third party from the, the design of the box that comes in, the artwork on the box. The instruction booklet being photographs turned black and white, and then the part you're supposed to be moving photoshopped red, and then the picture is way too close on on some of them. Some of the pictures are like way too zoomed in to where it's kind of hard to tell exactly what you're supposed to be doing because the red coloring is weird and everything's gray and you're zoomed in so tight. It's kind of hard to get... A notion of like where your other parts of him are supposed to be orientated and then there's just giant arrow circles all over the place like it's directions on how to do special moves for street fighter and then there was a whole separate little piece to the instructions like kind of with text on it giving you hints on things that aren't explained whatsoever in the actual instructions, like, oh, you could push out this part of the torso, make sure the head's in the right position, and or be careful of head position or something. And then, so in that, where it shows the, the head positioned, saying, like, be aware of head position, I'm like, okay, well, I must need to put the head that way to keep it safe. But it just made it harder later. Yeah, because the head like, doesn't actually fit in that way when you close the nose yeah. cone. <laughs> and then even the pictures and the instructions for when you flip in the nose cone up, I got the impression I was supposed to have the head in this completely different orientation than actually fit. 
And, oh, God, I just hated the instructions as I was transforming. And I'm just mumbling, like, I hate this. I hate these instructions. These instructions are almost useless. And I'm not having any fun transforming the thing. Um, I was looking on Twitter, Krasis, um, from the defunct Pre-Order 66 podcast. <laughs> um, he put it really well when he said that he was hoping that this would be like one of those toys that's more fun to fiddle with. But of the several points he was more worried like it, it didn't feel like oh i'm transforming this more than oh i hope i'm not breaking it like there's some really finicky little bits to it this is a toy that would have benefited from video instructions immensely yeah because the the like you're saying like especially the thing the thing about those instructions they make the transformation scarier than it really is in many ways and, I, and this is also me saying this as someone who at one point thought he did break the toy until he realized that the toy was misassembled critically in one part. Because you know how the arms work, right? The real fun yes. arm transformation. Now imagine – so what I found out due to my misassembly – because the way I describe it, it sounds like, oh, well, you should just be able to swivel stuff around. It should still fit. And I thought that would be the case. It turns out that like the bicep swivel piece is not – symmetrical it's actually off center slightly to allow for that transformation so because this piece has been installed backwards he can't transform that arm but he can get so close to transforming that arm that i spent about 20 minutes thinking i was doing something wrong <laughs> until i until i and i was sitting there going like i don't usually break these kind of like i'm usually okay with these this kind of transformation even something this finicky like i get used to it like what is happening here so, you know, thank goodness it's actually a misassembly because whenever I get a real working one, I, I should not have any problems. But the thing about Eagle Robo is, like, his instructions make him a hundred times scarier to transform than if you just sat there figuring it out, I think. Like, because he still follows the same basic Leader 1 transformation for the most part. The only tricky thing is that stuff on his back, like those plates. Yeah. That just needs to be cleared up. The way they describe sliding his shoulder into place makes it feel like it's going to break more than if I had just done it naturally myself. Yeah, that was the part that hung me up for about 20 minutes thinking I was doing something wrong because I had so much trouble getting his shoulders like up and in yeah. to where they were supposed to go. And like I'm constantly like the head and neck are constantly being in the way. And I, I'm like, am I breaking things? Like this seems like something that should be a lot easier because i'm not doing anything crazy here yeah there's two hinges moving that's all that's happening but why is it so difficult like did i not move something out of the way and i'm like looking at the instructions i'm looking at the toy i'm turning it around and then finally i just had to like kind of just push like way harder than i felt comfortable pushing and maybe that will loosen up over time and it did seem a little looser when i was putting him back into robot mode mm -hmm. but like yeah at that time and place it was freaking me out so, so, like, so now imagine that one of those arms will do that but the other one will always be like a half millimeter away from going in properly due to the misassembly yeah imagine that mindset right where i'm sitting there going like well i got one arm to work why isn't the other arm working what am i doing wrong like that was nuts that was, and it sucks because I knew this guy was the weakest of the three, so I opened him up first because I was like, I want to mess with this guy first. I want to I want to not be thinking about the other two. And now it's like whenever I get, you know, my fixed Eagle Robo, however it is that that happens, 
like that experience is going to be messed up no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, like as I'm struggling with it, I'm thinking if Chris says he had good like hand feel with this thing, he's he's a moron, idiot, jerk because it's not. This doesn't feel good. Oh no, no, like this, this is not a hand feel toy. In many, in the, yeah. even if mine worked, there's a lot about this toy that comes close but isn't there. Like even. In the robot mode, for all the stuff you're doing in the upper body, the way that the two tail fins hang just low enough to always be a little lower than the actual foot is really yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for the tail fins around his feet. Yeah. I mean, it, it does make him way more stable standing. Yeah. But they do feel kind of in the way. Like, like um, once, you get, huh? once you get the transformation done, I think there is something satisfying once everything tabs in. But, like... <laughs> It's this is no Ironhide. Like this is not a toy you just sit there going like, man, this is fun transforming this. Like yeah, and then like other criticisms, like the the two bits on his shoulders that rotate and that the elbows plug into, like that, and the two flappy things that stick up on his shoulders on either side of his head. Um, there's so little like extra crap hanging off the guy. It seems like weird that there would be any in the way they they just seem to stick out to me, and then like the tops of his shoulders, the air intakes for the jet um I don't see the necessity of sliding them open yeah that's that's some just extra anime style tech detail stuff like the the upside is you can close them and it's fine, yeah, like it doesn't matter but it's just like here's like extra piece count and engineering that seems unnecessary i mean it's not terrible that it's there it doesn't wreck anything but it just it doesn't seem necessary yeah and i want to also say like end of the day i don't think this is a bad toy this is just not a it's not a toy you pick up and go like well this is indicative of the line and it's great fun like this is a finicky finicky little toy yeah and like i said I, i it sounds like i'm completely crapping all over the thing i don't mean to because his two modes are fantastic. Yeah. Except for like nitpick things. It's just getting him from one to the other. I just I didn't have a fun experience with. And I like I love I love the weight on him and I love the uh like he he only really has one stance due to how much junk is hanging down past his ankles. Yeah. But like he looks good in that stance and like it's not like a a garbage toy, but like man, like the instructions made those shoulders so frightening for no good reason. All you need to do is watch someone do it, and it's like, oh, I just push, and that's that. And like the order of operations on the flaps around his head and on his back is really smart engineering, but in the instructions, it's not represented that well. It makes it more complicated because all you need to know on that stuff is in what order do I tab and untab things to get them to go around the nose cone hinge. And like once you get it, it's like, oh, that's easy. Why did you make me think this all folds down together in one giant heap? Um, I say all this also, I still have never seen this guy in his real jet mode, just as a jet with an arm hanging out of it, which was which was <laughs> scary to put him in because that meant parts were really bashing against parts. But I was like, God damn it. I want to at least see what this jet looks like from one side because <laughs> the jet mode is gorgeous. Like, it's beautiful. Um, and I, I I really like the part where you can leave the stand attachment on his butt so it's there for the jet mode as well. So you can just like leave yeah. that plugged in. It's 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 nice. Um but yeah, Seth. Oh, you always appreciate a good butt plug. I'm I'm into the butt plugs. 
Woo. Did you know this guy has a secret hidden Leader One face sculpted under his flight mask? What? Yeah, someone someone pried, rewind in the thread on Toy Arc, pried the mask off. Like a bunch of glue residue is left behind, but there is a nose and a mouth sculpted under there. I guess for if they oh. ever do a Leader One version, they just have to do a different flight mask that is just goggles. Yeah, you could see how that faceplate is a separate piece now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. I thought I thought that was some neat like planning ahead, if that's something that they can even do. So did that dude just like not care so much that he's like, I'm ripping this off. I think that he was just feeling I'm hardcore like that. Yeah, he was feeling very, very uh like very brave. And someone had dug up a photo from an old toy fair or toy show exhibit of these toys when they were still gray prototypes where Eagle Robo didn't have a flight mask on and people were like, wait, what happened with his face? And uh, so Rewind just was like, well, I'll just jam a knife in there and pry that thing off. <laughs> and he did. Props to him. Um, yeah, like I, like you were just saying, I don't want to crap all over Eagle Robo, especially since this is the, the only one a lot of people are getting right now. Uh, like me. But I want to say also... I think it's a bummer that this is the only one a lot of people are getting right now because he is very much weaker than the other two in several respects. Like, he has a much nicer looking alt mode and he's taller, but that's it. Like, the other two are better at everything than this guy. <laughs> um, and I've seen at least one person who was like, I don't know if I'm even going to do the rest of this line. Eagle Robo didn't seem all that great. And it's like, oh, no. Because <laughs> um, the other ones are, are pretty fine. But... Uh, Seth, anything else on Eagle Robo you want to talk about? No, I'm just I'm looking forward to Bike Robo or whatever he's called. Yeah. Uh, Seymour. I'll drop some thoughts on, on Rod Drill and Battle Robo. Uh, Rod Drill is lovely. Um, he's, I think of the three, he's the most like an old Machine Robo GoBots toy. Like, he's, he's a little guy. His robot mode is like a bulky G.I. Joe. Um, it's more posable than the G.I. Joe. And his tank mode is just this nice little thing with treads and a, and a drill in the front. You can you can swap the drill for a bigger one if you want. Um, I like his robot mode. He's got really great weapons that can just stay on him throughout the whole transformation. Uh, and he's just full of, he's full of spunk and character. Uh, he's he's a nice little piece. And he's by the same designer as Eagle Robo, which is nuts because he's like a whole lot less scary to transform. But uh, Battle Robo, the blue or the I guess the the kind of turquoise tank is by far the best of all of them. Um, that one was designed by Jizai Toys of Transformers fan fame and is night and day to transform compared to Eagle Robo. And he's still very involved in his transformation, but everything he does feels like more natural and less risky. And you're not like, you don't have little teeny parts moving around each other. It's just like, it's just as clever as Eagle Robo, but in a far more finger friendly way. That like you know even if even though the instructions are on all these guys are not amazing, like you're not sitting there going like am I gonna break this toy by doing this at least in my opinion, um so like if any if anyone wants to get the toy that best represents this line so far, Battle Robo is the one to get, <clears throat> and if you don't care too much about you know the alt mode being incredible then Drill or Rod Drill is also worth picking up, they're both worth picking up before Eagle Robo basically so if you're out there and you. Your one that you've got is the leader one looking one, and you're like, this doesn't feel all that great. He's the worst feeling one of the bunch, so bear that in mind. Uh, I really like the other two. I took a picture of them about, like, all about how much I liked them. Here, Seth, I'll link it to you. Um, I also uh, was playing around with the stand, 
which actually is not new for these machine robo toys. It's been with one other action toy release, but um, I'm digging the stand as well. I uh, sympathize though with people who don't really like the stand and wish they could have maybe saved ten or fifteen bucks by not getting a stand with their figure. Although I would say enough people seem to be into the stands that I bet you you could sell your stand to someone for ten bucks, no problem. Uh, if say you were going to go to TFCon and you just brought the stand parts in a bag and sold them to me for ten bucks, I'd probably buy them off you for ten bucks. I'm just saying. Um, Seth, did you mess around with the stand at all on yours? Uh, no, I didn't really get to it. Yeah, I, I got this stuff in uh, Thursday, I, Thursday evening after I got home, and then I worked twelve and a half hours on Friday. Yep, and then was out shopping to replace our busted garbage washing machine today so um i'm kind of lucky that i had enough time to transform them twice and <laughs> eagle robo is not a friendly thing to open up in a rush either yeah uh I, I bust open the stand today just in case you would mess with it so i wanted to have something to say and i, I like it like I, I i can get why it's a bummer because you know these guys now cost what like near 50 bucks and i think they would have cost mm-hmm. 40 bucks easily or whatever they cost, minus 10 or 15 if the stands weren't included. But the stands, I think, offer a lot if you're into that kind of thing. But And I, I know that Transformers fans are not necessarily looking for display stands for their toys as well. So I like a good stand. Yeah, I think this is, a, this is an alright stand. Like, unless you get one that doesn't hold together. I heard that was a problem on somebody's. I think the guy from Ain't It, whatever, you know, It's All True or whatever, the review they did, his stand was not holding together very well. But mine is rock solid, so um, I I dig them. Yeah, these machine robo toys. I think you know, unless Eagle Robo is actually the standard, I think these are going to be great in the long run. Like Bike Robo, I can't see him being scary like Eagle Robo. Like having looked him over and how he transforms, or how I think he transforms. Like, there's no way that he's that difficult. Yeah, I was just looking at pictures now. A bike. Yeah. And there's really cool stuff with the other two. Um, I just, I can't swing it right now, like, that much for each. Yeah. Um, I gotta be pickier. And, like, it it sucks that the the one with the biggest American draw so far is the weakest. Because yeah. it's just, it's a bummer. And, it, and it's also a bummer because his, like you said, his two modes look so good. And it's almost like I... It didn't have to be that hard to get from one mode to the other. Yeah. Well, I have the bigger Super GoBot Leader 1 in Psykills, so that could be like a cool display thing in the future to have have the old Super GoBot size ones with these new figures. Yeah. I just hope I can get my Eagle Robo f- fixed up and replaced for no with that, without too much trouble. Yeah. That, that's that's the only bummer for me is... It was buzzkill to open him up first, and he's all, like, misassembled and stuff. And, like, the the top pin I could probably pop out, but the bottom pin on that elbow is only visible from one side. And I don't know how to get those out without actually drilling a hole through the other side. And I don't want to do that. So. Uh, that about does it for the, for the Machine Robo talk on my end. Uh, I only really got one other off-topic thing myself. Seth, did you get anything else off-topic? I got a few off toppies. Oh, mine, mine's quick. Off the toppies. Why don't you start, and then I'll 
babble on for the rest of the show. I got I got the another Vitruvian hacks toy. It's the one I was missing. Another one. So they did uh, for New Jersey. You got a whole giant box, son. I know, but, You're but crazy. because I have that giant box, I was like, "There's only one non-blank figure I don't have now." And then New Jersey Comic Con guys put up like another whack of them on their eBay store that they got for just regular price. So I got the Ultimate Spartan. And he's like the Spartan, but with the Leonidas head and some like some caked dirt painted onto him. And he comes with like every single Vitruvian hacks weapon in Spartan colors. It's a really heavy little box. And so I got him so that I can now be a Vitruvian hacks completionist. Yeah, that was my thing I got. Now nice. I have too many hacks. Oh, you're on. I'm, I'm all into the... Now that everyone's moved away from buying G.I. Joe scale toys, I've gone completionist on a G.I. Joe scale line. Well, there, there like are none. Yeah, I know. There's, <laughs> there's the limited articulation, Star Wars stuff in that scale. Marvel's still doing some stuff in that scale. I saw some of the old anniversary two packs at Toys R Us today. Yep. Of G.I. Joe. A lot of uh, the talk in the Vitruvian Hacks fan communities is basically a lot of guys going, this line is real lucky because I have nothing else to spend my money on, so I'm just going to buy a whole bunch more customizing fodder. Or I'm going to army build some Spartans. Uh, Vitruvian Hacks is in a great place because their toys are the best four-inch scale figures I've messed with in a long time. Like, I think the only thing better I've messed with is possibly the Ori Toy Acid Rain stuff, and that's in a very specific aesthetic. And it, yeah. it only has one body type, whereas you know this, they've got Vitruvian Hacks is built on a basic male and a basic female body that can then have costume parts added to it. So it's like there's a greater opportunity with that line. And they, they just they just did a thing at a show. They revealed their next couple themes. It's like they're working on a fantasy theme, then they're going to do sci-fi, and then they just revealed they're going to do uh, pirates versus Atlanteans in the 1700s for series number four. And the base bodies are done, so getting to new series is going to be a lot easier now that they have the, the, the bucks all ready to go. So it's, it's really good toys. Like, pick one up if you've ever liked a G.I. Joe, is what I would say. Uh, yeah, well, like, there's, uh, in the last few years, there were some really, really good G.I. Joe figures. There were some really good Star Wars figures. And then <laughs> these are the people who worked on that stuff yeah. with the gloves off. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> If they weren't excellent, then it'd be like, man, what were you guys doing? I, like, I had a maybe I, you should have stayed at Hasbro if you were going to start sucking all of a sudden. I was so worried that something was going to go wrong with for them in production, but they were really on the ball about being like in China and like so far the only major QC problems have been with the skeletons, and that's because the skeletons are like they are sculpted to be the skeleton of a GI Joe, so they're super tiny as far as their parts. Um, I still kind of question the fact that they made them, but like of my five, they've all been fine. They haven't actually broken or anything. They just feel very slight because they're tiny. Um, but that, that's my off topic stuff. Uh, Seth, uh, a, how am I going to get you to buy a Vitruvian hack? Cause you have so many snake eyes and B, did you get any other off topic stuff? And what was it? So what I have to. I have to buy a snake lady to go with my snake eyes. I, I've seen a pretty Stop the deal. I've seen a pretty nice snake eyes someone made out of a black Vitruvian hacks blank, and they put snake eyes parts on it. Look pretty pretty nice. That's neat. Um, yeah, we watched your unboxing video. Oh god, 
And at first, my girlfriend was extremely excited after seeing the Medusa and being like, so what are these? Are these like all mythological creatures? Because that would be amazing if it was like all these Greek mythological creatures. It doesn't even have to be Greek, just mythological creatures. Like, oh, this would be cool. I'm like, no, it's just a bunch of snake ladies. And then she lost interest quickly. <laughs> so if they did some other creatures in future lines, like, hey, throw a minotaur in there and keep Medusa available. I'll swing back around and get a bunch of different monsters. I think that they've at least got a minotaur on their short list, given how many people have said, yo, it would be great to have a hacks minotaur. Like, that's been one of the most requested things I've seen. Um, and then when they revealed the pirates thing, people were like, so you like, just take the snake lady's skeleton and turn that into a mer person and we're good. So they've, they've got a lot of good input going on. Yeah. Speaking of minotaurs, um, they're in a pile of loot, but I have a couple of the mythic legends. I'm so almost going to order some of them. They're like just on the cusp. I'm like... I, I really want to... I heard they're really good. Well, I ordered the Minotaur guy and one of the skeleton dudes. The Malus? That's the one skeleton. everyone says is good. Malleus. Okay. I just thought he had the coolest looking armor. Um, they go in by in-hand reports. Everyone saying Malleus of all the skeletons has the best accessories. Cool. I chose correct. Yeah. Um, but I saw the Minotaur looking dude. I'm like, well, I gotta get the Minotaur looking dude. And I remember when this Kickstarter was on, I, I had missed the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter was over before I became aware of it. And I'm like, man, I got to keep an eye on Four Horsemen and see what else they put up. Because, like, those bird dudes are cool. Like, there's tons of cool stuff in here. Like, I kind of wish it wouldn't have been ridiculous to get all the skeletons. But it would have been ridiculous now to get all the skeletons. Well, that's the thing, um, right? Like, when, like that, that's part of what the draw of the, the all-in for Vitruvian Hacks was. Is like, if, if you get a, a Kickstarter that gets into the right spot where it's actually a really good deal to do one of the ridiculous tiers, then, like, when all the toys actually come out, you look at how much it would have cost to get that much stuff. It's like, this was dumb back then, but I feel like I won still. Yeah, but, like, as I'm scrolling through, like, all of these dudes, they're, there's quite... And not insignificant number that I'd look at and go like, nah, I'm not really into that guy. Or, eh, that dude doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. But a like, handful of them super do it for me. Like, I, I, looked, I looked through the whole catalog of what was available, and there's, like, four figures I'd actually want out of all of them. They're like, not to say I would not take the other ones, but I'd only want to spend money on, like, four of them. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's not something that I got. That's something you're gonna get. <laughs> um... Uh, let's see. So things I did get, um, I got, I, I went back, I found them on Amazon for, for good prices. Uh, got, um, the, the you from Persona 4 mm -hmm. Figma. The me? Not why you. It's called why you. Why, why me? I don't know. Wait. I don't know. I don't know. Me. You don't know. Who's on first? Oh, no. Third base. This is ah. hot, fresh content. <laughs> way way back in the day, I saw a couple of comedians do who's on first. Mm -hmm. But they actually, they, they use the actual names of the current lineup of the New York Yankees. 
but they went through the whole routine just saying actual people's names. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, and I I couldn't tell you any of the current Yankees, so like I can't just do an example, but it was just like, who's on first? Joe Blow. Who? Joe Blow. <laughs> Who? <laughs> like I'm speaking plain English. You can't. Yeah. Um, okay, so I got you. This is a really good figure. You got me. So I had a, a Chie, and I keep forgetting her name. The girl with the red outfit. Oh, the fan. Yukiko. No. Is it Yukiko? Is it Yukiko? I don't Because I started saying it, and then I immediately second-guessed myself, and now I don't know. I really don't know. If it's not, it's something like that. So I've had them for a while, and after moving twice, I don't know where they are right now, and it's stressing me out, because I want to find them. Because I also got a uh, a little model kit of, like, a school stage. So, like, a couple desks and chairs and a backdrop of a classroom. Yeah. I'm like, I want to pose them all in this. And now I can't remember where the girls are. I got to find them. Got to hunt them down. Yeah. Um, I'll put you in my classroom but, stage. Yeah. So that's a good figure. Like where the girls had like the glasses that there were like special headpieces, at least for Chie. I don't remember what the, we'll just call her the red one. Um, Melisandre. Um you put on this other hairpiece that had the holes in it to stick the glasses in, and then you just stressed out that you were going to break the damn things. Um, I like that you has a hairpiece that has the glasses sculpted to them. And then he does have a loose pair of tiny little fragile glasses, uh, but I like the ones that you actually put on his face are just more secure, more solid. Mm. It was a big long samurai sword, uh, which is neat, and uh, it's a good figure. Um, he has like an open hand with a with one of the cards like sculpted, so it looks like it's kind of floating out of his hand, and that's neat. Um, and then special hands, and like th- this figure came out a couple years ago, so I mean it's not like I'm saying anything new that people who care don't already know, but um. That white robot lady from Persona 3. Oh, uh, it, oh, okay. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> the one that Jeremy had a crush on. It was um. it was right there, and then I was feeling all clever yeah. that I remembered her name. Is it Eris? Now Paris? I'm not going to remember. Fart face McGillicuddy? I felt so proud of myself for remembering that I made myself forget it. Yeah, so it comes with a special set of hands with interlaced fingers if you have her. So as displayed on the box you could have her suplexing people that's pretty good i guess yeah. i guess it's i guess close. then uh another figure that i had been like contemplating getting for a long time um and did was the figure arts smooth criminal michael jackson mm-hmm. so i got that guy um like one of the things that like really kind of put me over on that was the stand for when you put him in that the the zero gravity lean or whatever it's called yeah um the the stand to stand him up on is shaped to be his shadow yep so it's not just this plastic block that you stick him on it's it's sculpted and it's cool and i like that a lot um comes with two faces 
creepy Michael Jackson face and creepy smirking Michael Jackson face. And this whole other upper body and shoulders for putting him in a arms raised jacket blowing pose. So that's a lot of extra parts. And then special feet with unarticulated ankles for that lean because you need him to be able to not just keep leaning forward <laughs> on his ankle joints. Just fall forward. Yeah, the hat's removable. There's a whole bunch of hands. Um, I tweeted a picture of... I, I put the hatchery guard um, 3A meat cleavers in his hands and took a picture of him fighting you. Fighting me? Yeah. The Persona 4 protagonist. Ah. By the way, it is Yukiko. Okay, cool. I'm glad we solved the mysteries. Yep. Um, then one of the reasons that I finally decided to double back on that Michael Jackson was because I had Freddie Mercury coming. Yeah. And so I can make them fight now. We have karate fights. Yeah. So, boy, this Freddie Mercury figure is pretty damn good. Um, he comes with three heads with different facial expressions. Like a big, like, I'm singing, ah, kind of mouth. A, like, I'm doing a, ooh, kind of singing <laughs> mouth. And then just like a, a deadpan face, straight face. The big open singing mouth face, uh, they could have done a better job painting his mustache on. Like, the mustache is so kind of poorly done on that head that in pictures that I was seeing just before uh, getting them, I thought there was no mustache on that head at all. And I remember thinking, like, that's weird that it would come with a non-mustache head because this is such a specific outfit. This isn't an outfit that he wore years in a row and with and without mustache. Um, the, the actual dude had phases where he did and didn't have mustaches. Uh, but no, that it is on there. It's just not very well depicted. Uh, comes with a microphone. Comes with a mic on a mic stand. Um, so like before this figure was even something that was going to happen, I remember saying on this very podcast that man, it would be cool if they did a Freddie Mercury figure. I think it was around the time that Michael Jackson came out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, if they they do more music people, more singers. I would love a Freddie Mercury and I want him in that white outfit, the white pants with the, the yellow coat or jacket with all the buckles. And I want him to be able to do that pose, that super iconic, the, the pose that I think of when I think of Freddie Mercury, where he's got the, the one fist up in the air and he's like striking a very d dynamic, awesome ass pose. I'm like, that's what I want. Like, if they want to do, like, here's three other Freddie Mercury colorways and different crazy outfits he wore over the years, that's fine as long as they do that yellow jacket. And it, they it, could do, like, the unitard black and white Harlequin later. <laughs> and it turns out that your mindset was literally the mindset they had when making that toy. Right. So then I remember when they said, we're going to do a Freddie Mercury. I'm like, well, it better be that yellow jacket. I better be able to do the pose. And then it was, and he does, and that's great, and it's awesome. And I tried to take the Tommy gun from my Marvel uh, um, uh, chameleon figure 
because there's a line in the song Stone Cold Crazy where he talks about walking down the street shooting people that he meet with his rubber Tommy water gun. And I thought that would be awesome. (laughs) But his hands are way too little and the handle on that Marvel figure is way too thick. There's no way I could get him to hold it without like taping it to his hand or breaking some fingers off. <laughs> so I went looking for another gun because I have this idea for a pose that I want to do. Um, and he has to have a gun like Freddie's got to be packing. Uh, and I found that the Luger that comes with the NECA rocketeer fits in one of his hands perfectly. Huh. Yeah, I, I tweeted a picture of him holding it earlier. Uh, yeah, I can find that later because I have a hard time multitasking. Or you could just like go to my Twitter and media and go back a couple things. Twitter.com slash Seth morning. Buzzard. Yeah. It's the Twitter account. Um, right. So now I've completely lost track because that's how easily I get distracted. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> It's a really cool figure. It's exactly what I wanted um, for um, a Freddie Mercury figure. And now I kind of, like, part of me like is like, maybe I need those Daft Punk figures too. But I have, like, no emotional connection to Daft Punk music. So. Yeah, but you've got all the other musician figures. Yeah, and their helmets are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I hope they keep doing this sort of thing. Me too. I don't know how well it's doing. Yeah, I have no idea either. And if they do another, like, I hope it's not like Justin Bieber or something. <laughs> I mean, given that they did Michael Jackson and Queen, I feel like they're operating on a certain level of demographic taste. Yeah, not millennials. I don't think, Gen Xers I don't think, and baby boomers. I don't think millennials like Justin Bieber. Well, there he's one of them. Is he? Well, when was he born? I don't know. Is is there a generation after millennial yet? I don't think so. Then this is becoming ridiculous. I think we're getting close to where there would have to be because some of these millennial pricks are getting old enough to have babies. I mean, the, I I feel like if if we there can't they can't like if someone born this year can't still be called a millennial. That's impossible. Because like millennials, Who are you? millennials, Who are you Luke Skywalker screaming about what and what isn't possible. It's it's not possible. Like Luke Skywalker, it's not possible. Because no! <laughs> I mean, if millennial began in the late seventies, by now we must be moving away from that. No, they started in the eighties. Someone told me it starts in in seventy nine, like seventy eight, seventy nine. Uh, I'm not sure about that. This is also the problem with millennials. Well, when, whenever you're breaking down um, generations like this, there's always disagreement. And, and these um, massive gray zones. <laughs> well, it's just with millennial in particular. I think because the thing that confused me the most about it is when I found out that that's what they had been calling Gen Y and the at generation. Because I've already I already had to deal with two different label changes, and I was like, "This is getting ridiculous." Like, well, I I remember first hearing them refer to as Gen Y, yeah, um, because it seemed like that was the easy thing to name something that came after Gen X, right? But but, but then, I mean, 
Gen X followed the baby boomers, so well, it's not like there was a brief period where we were called the Echo Boomers, and then everyone was like, "Oh wait, that's a what? terrible name. Let's stop um, calling them that." Yeah. Well, now I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry for millennials. Oh, jeez. Um, so authors William Strauss and Neil Howe uh, were widely credited with naming the millennials. They coined the term in 1987. What? Around the time the, chi- <laughs> around the, time the children born in 1982 were entering preschool. If they coined it back in the late 80s, why did I spend decades hearing about Gen Y and the at gen? Why did anyone use the at generation? I heard that yeah. so many times when I was in high school. Yeah, so apparently their thinking was that kids about the age that started in 1982 would be graduating high school around the year 2000. This is true. The millennium. But, but that's also past... Like the millennium is is old is over that that period is over. The millennial born in twenty ten has been screwed. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's so let's see. That person's graduating in what okay, the twenty twenties. So, so those authors identify the age range for a millennial as starting in nineteen eighty two, your birth year in nineteen eighty two. And ending in 2004. But, okay, then where, where are we now? Wait, ending in 2004? Birth date? Yeah, so if you were born after 2004, you're outside of the range of millennial. But if the definition of millennial was based on graduating high school at the turn of the millennium, then how is someone born in 2004 considered part of that age well, that's range? Just, that's just the, the front edge of the generation so graduating high school in the new millennium and being born in the early years of the millennium I, mm, mm. that was just the idea for the name man like <laughs> you can't just like identify one year and it's like okay everyone born this year is the the whole generation they should you gotta have an age right they should though <laughs> just pick one year at one point to be like just give it its own name like 1984, just call us the Orwells. All right, that'd be neat. Yeah, I'd be jealous of that. <laughs> I, I want... like Gen X though. Gen X, Gen Xers. You know, we were mopey Gen Xers. <laughs> like, if you're gonna break down, if you're gonna break down, like the <laughs> the stereotype of a Gen Xer. We were mopey. Yeah, we're mopey dudes who listened to uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana, and wore a lot of flannel. And and we're like detached. Like there was a there was an element of detachment. Um, millennials, on the other hand, I, I would say the the uh, and you know there's exceptions to everything. So cool your jets, millennials who are furiously typing retorts. Well, some of those millennials speak. are apparently like on what some of them are twelve years old. So I, yeah. I don't think that. And let me just some of them are twelve years old and some of them are thirty-two years old. Well, Gen X covers a giant age range too, as the as do the baby boomers. It's all so stupid. Yeah, well, it is. Uh, <laughs> um So what was I saying? Yeah, so I, I would classify the stereotype of a millennial as being uh, very entitled and 
very protected growing up from their helicopter parents. So the, the, the sense of being a special snowflake and who needs a safe space. I would characterize. I, I, I would think that's the the stereotype. I would say the stereotype of of a millennial is someone who is uh, in high school right now with a with a phone that does a lot of things, wondering what their thirteenth birthday is going to be like. I'm going to move that that's the new millennial stereotype. Okay. Speaking as part of the millennial council, right? Yeah, you suck. Right. I speak for my people. I think my people would agree. The 12-year-old with a smartphone is basically the millennial. One of my favorite um, opener stage bits on Mr. Show uh, was when it, it was the, the writing was inspired by David Cross having seen an article about Gen X. And that article identified what, what the, the birth date age range was to qualify as Gen X. And David Cross and Bob Odenkirk's birthdays were like two or three months apart, but they were right in between the starting for Gen <laughs> X. So David Cross, according to this article, was Gen X and Bob Odenkirk was baby boomer, even though they were only like three months different. So the whole monologue is David Cross like getting in Odenkirk's face for being a baby boomer, boomer while he's like a cool Gen Xer. <laughs> <laughs> and Odenkirk just looking annoyed and taking it. <laughs> right now, man, the conversation about these silly generational blocks, it's all about the boomers and, and, and the millennials. Like, people don't talk about Gen Xers anymore. That's because we're just getting stuff done. I Like, the, I baby, booner, the baby boomers right now are a giant drain on our economy. And they're destroying Social Security just by not being dead yet. And the millennials are protesting that someone looked funny at college, the college that they go to, and they're shutting down the whole school because someone looked at them funny, and it it violated their safe space. Oh. The Gen Xers and are just meanwhile, sitting at home. Yeah, yeah the take, Gen Xers are in, going to work. No, We're busy. Sitting at home, <laughs> taking in the revenues from all their dot-com startups. Yeah, and we're, we're too tired. Like, because we've been at work all day, so we're just watching Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Yeah. And listening to our old Smashing Pumpkin CDs. If it wasn't for Generation X, .com would still be a thing. Probably. So thanks. What? No, it's a thing because of Gen X. It would have been a thing if Gen X hadn't well, broken the bubble. It only existed because of us. You're welcome. You're welcome for the internet, millennials. Al Gore was in Generation X? No, he just gave Generation X permission to make the internet. I hate these generational things. They're so confusing. You're confusing. I am. Anyway, what was I talking about? Echo Michael Boomers. Um, no, you're on Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Okay. Um, Who, by the way, is a great millennial artist, and I'm very proud of him. He's part of our people. No. He's pro he was probably a boomer. Oh, he had to be a boomer. Thanks, yeah. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Thanks for wrecking Social Security, Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> politics! Um, ah. <laughs> yeah. Then it, Okay, so then I got some more, like, figure art 
uh, stage stands. And um, when I pre-ordered, so like Big Bad got like another batch of um, Four Horsemen's like bird dudes. Yeah. So I pre-ordered the uh, the um, crow guy. Yeah. Because that's the coolest. Crabbin. After the vulture, which I already have. And they had the the stands for the for those dudes also, and I went oh it's only like was it like five bucks or something it was pretty cheap, so I put it on pre order for that too and I got the stand but I don't have the bird guy yet, <laughs> um, so I got one of those I haven't put it together yet, um, but like those the or the Tomashi stands what do I call them figure art stands yeah. whatever whatever they are those stands are pretty handy to have a bunch of them around especially for that detail shelf it they're clear and they're adjustable and i could use them to prop up some of these figures that don't always stand very well on their own or might tip over if slightly jostled so they come in handy in that detail um and also they're very affordable yeah, I've I've had a, a Tamashi stage around for uh, review filming stuff for years. Uh, like they aren't perfect at everything, but they function. So that's why I always feel bad if I get a comment from someone going like, "What's that perfect stand? It looks like it's holding up the toy perfectly." And I'm like, "Well, it's a Tamashi stage, and I had to balance that toy on top of the arm because it didn't have a peg or anything." So like, don't blame me if you end up not enjoying these things because they're they're like they're functionally great. But I know, like, there are people who have different preferences who have found their perfect stand. And, like, I'm not going to stick up for the Tamashi stage. But it's easy to get. Yeah, then... Oh, I got Overwatch. The video game. I think I'm going to pick that up next week. It's pretty good. I like it. I've been hearing a lot. So, Crin sent me a link to all of their promo movies they'd done. I haven't gotten around to watching those yet. So I watched those, and they made me want the game, even though I know the game has no single-player or narrative-driven content. Yeah, which is weird. It's because they they spent so much money on those frigging things. Well, and when you start the game up, there's this cutscene with Winston addressing all the other members of the now-defunct Overwatch and he's like, as y'all know, like there was this villain and we saved the world from him and we were heroes, but then everyone turned on us and we had to kind of go into hiding and go our separate ways. But now the villain's back and we got to come together as Overwatch and save the day again. I'm like, so is there a single player? Because this is setting up the narrative for a single player. Yeah, and those movies uh, make some like Winston's movie gives him backstory where I'm like, I want to know more about Winston now. Like, I, I was like mad almost at how much I liked their movies because I'm like, <laughs> like it's not it's not like the TF2 movies where it's like, oh, this is funny stuff. Like this was like narratively effective animation filmmaking, and it made me want to know more about the world and like. I, I watched this one with uh, Widowmaker and Tracer where they show you they show you this glimpse of the world where like some spiritual leader is a robot and then the crowd he's addressing about peace is full of like humans and robots all being friends and I'm like this is one of the most fascinating fictional like you know pseudo futures I've seen in a long time I want to know more about this so like I want to 
also it sounds like a fun game aesthetically it looks great i want to try playing it but i'm also like if you guys don't act on this narrative you set up then you're all insane uh yeah and it's so crazy that the first thing you see in this game is winston talking about coming back together to fight this enemy but then when you're playing the game you're playing against the other overwatch characters and like the the movie's like they cast Reaper and Widowmaker as villains who fight against the former Overwatch characters, but everyone could team with everyone. So I'm like, I'm like, is there at least a narrative? Co- I mean, I don't know if you know, but I'm like, looking at this game, six on six, character driven stuff. I'm like, is there at least like a conceit as to why anyone is working together or against the other ones? Not that I've seen. It's nuts. Like they built this beautiful. Except for escort this thing from one point to another while the other team attacks and tries to stop you or take and hold this point while the other team attacks and tries to take it away from you. Yeah. I just don't get like, I, I mean, it looks great. And uh, so, yeah. someone told me they're doing like comic books and stuff to build off huh. that narrative. And like, that's fantastic. But yeah. Well, just the, the art style, the character design, the level design, just, the detail in the levels, like I was playing on um, a level uh, today, just before we started recording. Um, I forget the name of it now, but you could like run into these buildings. Like you could be out in the open down on the street, or you could go into all these buildings and some of them are multiple stories. And there's like paintings on the walls, like portrait paintings. And like, I really wanted to stop and like, like check out these details but you know i had i had to stay in the game and like i was chasing somebody down and i'm like i'm like oh i just i want to look at that but they might not be there when i come out the other side i gotta keep moving um and and like also like i want to play it but i know full well like apparently right now the big problem with the game is every rando wants to play dps so a lot of like the random multiplayer stuff is a total garbage festival right now because it's just everyone picking DPS characters and then blowing each other up. And it's like, what if someone, does anyone want to play a tank? Maybe someone wants to be a healer? I see a lot of um, people playing Mercy for healer. Mm-hmm. Um, that usually doesn't seem to be a problem. I I haven't been able to play a whole lot. I've maybe gotten an hour or two in. Um and then I had a really bad stretch the other night where I was trying to play, where I had a couple really good games in a row, and then it was this rash of four battles in a row that ended within the third, first 30 seconds to a minute because people just started quitting. Yeah. And they were all levels where you had to, like, escort a thing from one point to another. And, like, those battles kept coming up, and people kept dropping out. Yeah, like right now... And I was like, well, this is jacked because I want to try these levels. I haven't played them yet. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a growing pain that the game will grow out of, but like right yeah. now it seems like it's it's full of people who just want to shoot each other with McCree and Reaper and Agent 47 or whatever. and or Soldier. Soldier 72. So, yeah. yeah, so like it's people who want to take the cool-looking DPS guys and play Deathmatch, and I think that'll go away eventually as yeah. more people keep playing. I do see a lot of Reapers when playing. Yeah. Um, but then I don't remember her name, but it's the Egyptian chick with like the, the eagle armor. Yeah. Um, the first game I went into today, four members of the team all started as her. Yeah. <laughs> and then they started switching to other characters as it was like realized like, well, we can't all be the same character. Um, right now I'm just sort of messing with two characters, like two characters I've gotten kind of comfortable with. 
I'll I'll like start experimenting with others as I go. But like if it's a level where we're attacking, um, I'll use a, a diva, like the kind of anime chick in the mech suit. So I, I was watching a giant bomb quick look, and I had no idea that she basically was like mini Titanfall with the way that she works with that mech suit. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, pretty much. That's so cool. And well, one of the things that's that's great. So like every character has like their super attack thing that you have to charge up. So hers is she jumps out of the suit and it self destructs. And it's this massive area of effect. Like, it's difficult to get out of the blast radius yourself. Like, you have to jump out and haul ass. And, like, one of the games I was playing today, I got stuck, like, on a corner. And I'm like, I gotta move. I can't. I'm stuck. I'm got, ah! And I just couldn't get far enough away. But what's cool is if you get any kills with it, then that recharges your meter fully instantly. Because when you're out of the mech, your super turns into summoning a new mech. So you could, if you're good, you could rush in, blow the thing up, and then immediately summon a new one. And now you have to start over from loading up, but you get your mech back right away. Yeah. Without dying. And in this battle, I was actually doing pretty good outside the mech, too. I got several kills outside. Yeah, just of it. that that whole part of how she plays felt like a distillation of everything I liked about Titanfall in a way, but just as a character in this game. Yeah, and except for you start in the mech. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there's no waiting for the mech. The mech isn't just like a fragile thing that explodes ten seconds after you get into it. Like, yeah. and yeah, so and then she ha- she also has a shield, like a, a a kind of limited shield, but it's something you could throw up. So. She's the character I typically use when I'm on an attacking side. If I'm on a defense side, then I use the the dwarf engineer guy who makes turrets. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh man, I'm doing pretty good with that guy. <laughs> like I'm I usually end up with quite a lot of kills. Like so the last game I played just before running up here to start recording, um I got 20 kills and only 3 deaths and most of my kills were from the turret. So it was just knowing, okay, I, this is a good spot to put it. Like the enemy doesn't have line of sight to it. So they can't shoot at it from a distance. They have to get close. Um, but in order to get into the ring, the capture point, then they have to put themselves in the thing's line of fire. So I, I found a pretty good spot and I didn't know. I was just like, um, I'm going to try putting it here. And it turned out to be, like, the perfect spot. Like, it only got destroyed once. I only had to replace that thing one time the whole the whole game. Um, and then I just sort of, like, kind of stayed a little back on the edges, kind of only coming out to repair the thing, or when um, there were a bunch of dudes in the area, then I would, I would try to, like, blast him out with his little short-range gun. He's not a long-range character whatsoever. But he's also pretty good on levels where you have to escort a thing. Because you could jump up on top of the thing and then stick the turret on it. Oh, nice. And then it, <laughs> it will move around with it. Then one of the tank characters, Bastion, who's a robot guy with a bird, um, he can turn into a tank or a stationary turret. And I've heard tale of 
those escort missions where there's just like three bastions riding the back of the thing in turret mode, which is savage. That dude is savage in turret mode. Like he can't move, but man, he's just dumping bullets. I, I, I caught wind on Twitter of conversations that were basically like anti-bastion strats. Yeah. And like, that's a key thing right now. Yeah. And all the characters have a whole bunch of skins you could eventually unlock. Um, a lot of them are just different colors, but all the characters have something that changes the model in some way, mm-hmm. at least one. Um, and one of the things I noticed when I was scrolling through all of Bastion's colors is he always has this bird on his shoulder and the bird changes. It's not just like a different colored bird. It, it'll be like different species of bird. Oh, nice. And they're all roughly the same time size, but it's like, oh, there's a cardinal. There's a blue jay. This is, this is kind of cool. And it's not just that the now the bird is blue and the bird is red. Like the the model of the bird is appropriate to being different species. Um, but like the the dwarf guy, uh, one of his outfits is like kind of more like a biker kind of looking thing. But then he also has um, a, a skin named Barbarossa, where he has like a giant pirate beard. <laughs> and his big mechanical claw is a gigantic hook. And his backpack is a ship's wheel. I uh, I just saw on, on Twitter uh, a friend of the, of, and sometimes speaker on the podcast, Random Factor, uh, just got a skin for McCree that is basically Dick Tracy. Yeah, that one's awesome. That looks sick. <laughs> it's really cool looking. <laughs> and that Egyptian chick, so her default outfit is a suit of armor with like an eagle style helmet, like an eagle. And she has a jetpack; She can fly up in the air. Um, one of her alternates uh, changes the helmet to a, like a Anubis head. So it's black armor with a, with a, the dog head. Oh, I want that. Yeah. And then there's an alternate color to that. That's the same model, just different colors. Um, but then she has another, uh, skin that changes her model into like a Native American Thunderbird kind of a thing. Oh, nice. Which is radically different in appearance. And I was like, this is, and I'm like telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I love these alternate outfits that like, com- like, okay, so this character is quite clearly meant to be Egyptian. But if you unlock this, she could be Native American instead. This character is quite clearly meant to be tibetan but this other outfit changes it to this completely different thing and i'm like i kind of love how different some of the skins are they're not just all color swapped it feels like they are like in their long game they're going to keep a healthy art department around and giving them a lot of freedom to operate yeah and i I like the idea of that yeah and like some of the ways it reports scores and stuff just everything feels more positive than a lot of other uh, multiplayer shooters I've played recently. Yeah, like it it just the vibe of the game feels friendlier than Call of Duty. Well, and, now and... I haven't had to deal with anybody screaming racist garbage into their microphone, and I'm sure eventually I will. But <laughs> um, I don't. Know, the game just feels brighter and friendlier and funner than than a lot of shooters i've played and the the impression i've got from it is it's class based but there's options in every class 
and not, like very few of them are so esoteric you can't just pick them up and at least get the basics and yeah. so it's not like a game where play your class is like kind of talking down to you it's more like no we'd like you to play your class and we're going to accommodate the fact you don't all play your class the same way which is something i loved about city of heroes back in the day with the defender class it wasn't just five different you know variations of healer like there was different stuff in there and like from what I saw, like, you know, there's a straight healer in there, but there's also, what's her name, Symmetra, who, like, drops barriers everywhere. And, like, there's just different ideas of each different, you know, major class type. So, it's, it's yeah, it seems like a, a really welcoming game. That Yeah, like, yeah, like, Mercy has the direct heal beam. Yeah. Like, she's the healer from Team Fortress in that way. Just shooting a heal laser at people. Um. But, yeah, I think one of the others, like, throws out health packs or something. I'm not sure. But, like, the dwarf guy that I play, he not only builds turrets, but he throws out armor packs. Yeah. Um, you have to collect scrap. You collect scrap by killing dudes. Um, but then when you have the scrap, then you can throw out armor packs. So, like, I'll run around after a big shootout, grab up all the scrap I see, run back to where my team is, like, holding holding the point and just start whipping <laughs> armor at people and like armor here armor get your armor and just start buffing everybody for when the next wave comes and i saw that like the uh the robot monk guy he basically just throws these spheres out that lock onto people for a short time and like i don't even know what they all do i haven't tried that guy or been in a fight he looks against fascinating that dude yet, so like he looks fascinating visually and gameplay wise like i'm really interested to, to try that thing out yeah it just it feels like it's welcoming it feels like even if you want to be scummy about it it's like the game is making it hard to be scummy about playing it uh -huh. yeah I, i'm i'm impressed i like it when any game can have like you know in, uh what's your name mercy as like your pocket healer who just follows around the heavy with a heal beam on him like you can play that way but if you want to play as the as you know the the defense character the support character, you don't have to be a pocket healer. Like you can also be a debuffer. You can be a barrier maker. You can you know pop turrets and armor or whatever. Yeah. Like I, oh, and and her super is to resurrect recently fallen allies. And that's right out of an MMO. It's like I heard, yeah, I heard and that's happened a bunch of times. Like I get killed, I'm like oh bummer, and I'm watching the kill cam. Then all of a sudden there's this voice like heroes don't die and i'm back yeah. in the game i'm like yeah <laughs> and i just start blasting the dude because i just resurrected right next to the the dude that killed me and now i'm just blasting him with my weird rivet gun thing and i killed that guy i'm like awesome i love that mercy chick everyone who plays mercy is doing god's work <laughs> like, well like mercy even <laughs> seems to play cool like she's not just like i'm gonna walk around with my helo beam but she's got like the flight thing where she borderline is teleporting next to people yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, I'm 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 very interested to pick that thing up because I I played TF's classic back in high school, but I never really connected with Team Fortress Two, and this feels like it's hitting me in the ways Team Fortress Two did not. Oh, I love Team Fortress Two classic or Team Fortress classic. Yeah, Is, was that the original one? That's the Half Life mod. Was it called? Yeah. Oh, I love that, and I just couldn't get into Team Fortress Two. Yeah. I felt like Team Fortress 2 was there for the people who kind of missed Team Fortress Classic's major era. But, like, Overwatch is hitting me way more of, like, this feels like an evolution on stuff I like 
not just in terms of Team Fortress Classic, but like in terms of multi-class, multiplayer stuff. So I'm going to try that out. Yeah, that's my favorite Team Fortress Classic moment that I ever, like my big, my most glorious moment was this map had two bases. Two Fort? I, I don't remember the name, but like you could run in between them out in the open, which is a stupid ass thing to do. Or there were like underground passages connecting them. With like pools of water? Yes. That's two fort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So almost everybody is playing snipers. Yep. And just sort of staying on that platform, shooting back and forth at each other. I switched to spy. I managed to get into the other base completely unseen. Like nobody sees me running into the base, even disguised because even that would be suspicious like i think i was on the blue team so if i come running the other way as a red guy it's like what were you even doing down here i'm just gonna shoot at you and see what happens yeah so i managed to get in completely unseen switch my color switch my class to sniper i go up amongst the other team snipers and i'm just sort of juking back and forth because you know my team doesn't know they're shooting across and I'm taking some hits, but I'm staying alive. I stayed up there for over half the game, <laughs> half the battle, just amongst the other team, playing it cool, biding my time. I waited until almost the whole entire team was up there together. So now I'm standing next to the door that they come out of when they spawn, and I'm just watching all these snipers sliding back and forth I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm putting my fingers over the grenade button. And I wait until they all kind of clump up. And I just start hammering the grenade button as fast as I can. I just start whipping grenades. And then when I run out of grenades, I start throwing smoke. And then when I run out of smoke, I just start swinging the knife wild. And I'm standing next to the door, so I'm catching dudes as they're coming out. (laughs) And I wiped out almost the entire team in a few seconds until they got me. Like, I died real quick, but within, like, 20 seconds or so, I wiped out almost the entire team. And uh, that was, like, my most glorious multiplayer shooter moment of all time. I was really pleased with myself after that. (laughs) I remember so much. Two Fort was, like, the map. And, like, it was, like, there were several things. One of them was when you had the Two Fort sniper war going on. Yeah. Like, that became, like, a meditative post-class thing back in high school. Of like, I get home, it's like, I'm going to go be a sniper in two fort for an hour or two. Like, whether or not I die, it's like, I just, I have one thing I have to do, which is guard the bridge. Shoot the scouts and soldiers as they run across the bridge. And it's very meditative. But then, the other fun thing to do was when, you know, everyone got, got kind of tunnel-visioned on sniping at each other, to be the one who tried to break it up, like what you were describing. One of the, yeah. one of my favorite ones was just like me and a couple people were like we, we need to stop the stalemate so we'd all just switch to soldier we'd all just barrel down the bridge serpentine and then all just rocket jump up to the sniper nest <laughs> like we wouldn't all make it like you know four of us would go and one would get up there but whoever got up there people had been sniping for so long in whatever round we were playing that they were not ready for a soldier just up there shooting rockets everywhere. <laughs> like they were all having to get back in the mindset of like an enemy being up behind them 
Yeah. And it was so fun because then, like, no one would play a sniper for, like, an hour because everyone was like, okay, no more sniping. Sick, <laughs> sick of sniping. We, just, we all died because we were all sniping. No more sniping. Like, it was so fun to just change the rhythm of the game like that. Uh, it was good times. I I've spent a long time in two fort. Like I, me- I remember when I discovered the underwater shortcut for two fort, uh, where you run out, but then you jump off the bridge and into the water, and there's like a secret door down there. But then sometimes the other demo man has like lined the door with with mines or whatever, uh, or something. I don't know. And there was like the debt pack you could set down, and good times. TFC is a good yeah. game. Yeah. So. Yeah, Overwatch, it, it was what I've kind of been wanting to play lately. Like, I kind of hit a point with with um, Fallout that I want to get back to it, but it just felt, like, really overwhelming with what I got kind of going on these days. Like, I, it feels like a game I got to put a lot of time into to really feel like I did anything. And then I was hearing great stuff about Doom, um, oh yeah, me too. And I might come back around to Doom later on, but just just a, a jump online, do one or two fights, and then do something else, or do a bunch of fights in a row, um, just seemed really appealing at the time. Uh, and, and if Blizzard can cultivate, and I mean, they're Blizzard, they should know how to do it, if they can cultivate a community around Overwatch, that game can have legs for years Yeah, as like something to come back to as well. Uh, yeah, there's a little references to other uh, Blizzard games and some of the costumes and stuff. Like the big kind of mechanical knight-looking guy. Yeah. Um, one of his alternate skins is super World of Warcraft-looking. Without being, like, straight out of World of Warcraft, but, like, you look at it and you go, that looks like something from World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's been another uh, installment of GamePads Unplugged. Uh, Uh, Anything else off-topic on your end, Seth? No, I've had to buy a washing machine today. Oh, geez. Hot, fresh YouTube video review of that coming up. Yeah, it was a rough week, man. Seth looks. Yeah, like I got up like ridiculously early on Sunday, last Sunday, because a dopey cat making noise, then stayed up kind of late. Went to work Monday, was just exhausted. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed at a reasonable time. Instead of staying up till 11 or midnight, I'm going to go to bed here at 10 o'clock. Um, and my girlfriend had started a load of laundry earlier. We get upstairs and there's lights blinking and the water wasn't draining. So we had to manually drain the washing machine. And that took until about 1130. Yeah. And, yeah, so didn't end up going to bed until after midnight dealing with this dumb thing. And then allergies kicked in. I had, like, my most savage allergies for for a couple of days this week of the year. And then that 12-and-a-half-hour workday yesterday. Oh, it was a long, bad week. Oh, it was a bad, <laughs> bad week. And then, so th- Thursday, Thursday? Or was it? No, it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. That's how messed up I am. I can't remember what days things happen. Um, we had to work, so my dad came over and hung out until some repair guys showed up. Because hopefully there was just something jammed in the pump and they could 
get in there, get it out, and everything would be fine. They said, oh, this is going to cost at least $300 to fix, maybe more. Here's a coupon for 100 bucks off a new machine. <laughs> so we just went picked out a new machine, and we're going to get it on Thursday. Excellent. So I bought a pack of underwear and socks to get me through until then. Because <laughs> virtually all my other clothes is dirty. And I have a bunch of t-shirts. Reviews so of those are coming up on Seth Looks on YouTube. Yeah. Underpants. Underpants reviews of the future. Yeah. Boxer briefs. That's the way I do it. That's that's the I don't I don't really know anyone who doesn't say boxer briefs now. There was a period people had pride about, you know, oh no, boxers. But everyone realized uh what's what's the phrase? Comfort and support is what you get. Well, I guess that uh, that brings us to the end of this recording. This is uh, any other underwear talk we got. Drawing hot, fresh undie talk. Uh, thanks for joining me, Seth. Hey, on this uh, this, this kooky weekend recording. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, next week with some more Transformers podcastery. But uh, until then, stay salty and stay sweet. Is that stay? Stay pickle. Stay pickle, you dillweeds. Yeah, millennial pricks. Yeah, especially you, you millennial boomers. Thanks for ruining everything twice.